Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I love sending Kim because she gets irritated. Whatever irritates Kim, I like to. Too funny, mama. Hey there, I'm Dawn Lewis. And I'm David A. Arnold. Yes, I am Dawn Lewis. And I just popped by my sister girlfriend's Kim Whitley's house. And who did I find? Miss Sherry Shepard. And they are doing their show. That's right. Two funny funny mamas. We came in here to just... I came to get some oatmeal. What's your name? I already introduced myself. No, you didn't. I did. He said David. All right. All right. you not? You, this is why. Pull your mask over your nose. Sherry is going to probably replace Kim with Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so look for that change. You can read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Two Funny Mamas, one of the hottest podcasts going right now. You guys need to check it out, download it, and tell your friends about it. And check it out. More people have popped by. Who knows? I know. Never know who's going to pop by and what's going to happen. Two funny mamas. This is great. That's the two. One, two. Two One, two. funny mamas. So I'm not going to do I got to wait. We just got to wait until the, and once the pandemic and the world opens up, then I'll go back out on tour and start working on my jokes. Right now it's March. Depending on what it looks like in March will make a difference whether or not I push it to June. And you know what? I don't know what it is, but I've gotten okay waiting because yeah, I know what it's yeah, going to be. Too. But I'm concerned. You know? I don't want to go out and do my same raggedy jokes, but I have nothing. I probably have more stuff now, but it's so you hard. Like I, Well, I have a virtual show coming up uh, for the Black Nurses Association probably in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. I have not done stand-up since... DC last year in in uh, February I think February 7th was the last day I was on stage. That's right. I remember that. Remember that at the DC yeah, you uh, did the DC you did the, the tavern the one that I did, right? Yes, the tavern. Yes. I loved it. That it was, was my last yeah. show and and for some reason why do I remember I was we I guess we were hearing about it. I was like don't touch me. We can't have people near me or whatever. We were hearing rumors I guess of it. Because yeah. I, re- I remember taking pictures of people, but let's keep them a- at a distance. Yes. But my fear is this. Number one is I haven't told any of those jokes since. My memory mm-hmm. and just being able to entertain these women without an audience. How do you do that? Like we're talking now and we're laughing because we know each other. But how do you sit there and talk to the screen? You know what? For me, <clears throat> when I've done them and I did... Oh, that was another show. I did some kind of virtual show where you perform for these screens. That was the third show that I did. But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, my Instagram and my Facebook, I do a lot of ranting in my computer, you know, too. So for me, it's kind of natural. It doesn't, you, this is the thing. When you've been doing it long enough, you know what's funny. You know what's, whether mm-hmm. you, it's like, it's like when I, as a comedian, it's like when we would, showcase for the industry and they would be there and they wouldn't be laughing and that used to bother you but then after you've been doing it long enough you realize that they're just soulless 
uh, comedic list asses, most of them. You know what I'm saying? So like, like, fuck you. You ain't got to laugh. I don't, like, you ain't going to come in here with your tight ass suit on and not laugh because you're trying to look and see it. And then you get to a point where you be so confident in your material mm-hmm. that you can do it and get no laughter and still keep that energy. Because you know, it's funny. I've done it 472,000 times and I've gotten yeah. a laugh every time. Every why, time. Why, why would I think that I'm not getting a laugh now? So that's Absolutely. what you got to kind of remember when you go to do these virtual shows. Cause they asked me when I did one for Jack, they were like, do you want us to tap the audience in so you can hear them? And I was like, no, I don't want to hear none of that. I don't want to hear nothing. nothing. I just want to hear me and I just go. And I just go and I, I, I well, was supposed we to do off, 15 minutes. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I, I got to do 10. So I want to make sure I talk to you oh this week. Oh my God, that's and get, easy. Is it? And get your, uh, and get your blessing and get some uh, notes from you. And you're developing your own show with Lena Waithe yes. and Kevin Hart, two big heavyweights about your life that we watch on video every day. It just, <laughs> it, we live vicariously through you and truly am so proud. And I, I'm so excited to see where the success of both of these shows that even if you had Rihanna as your wife, I'm still excited. <laughs> I would be excited too. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I know you. I don't see the problem with it. Percent be excited. But let me tell you, who gonna stop Rihanna yeah, from being your geez. wife? A woman named Julie Arnold. That's when Julie Arnold <laughs> would be calling the network, going, "I need to have a." You know so funny. You know what's so funny? I think we at that place too now, where she like, listen, do whatever you gotta do. If Rihanna wanna run off with you, then go. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> like, see if she like picking like, up your nasty draws. Yeah. See if she like. See how long she take you being who you are. That's the. That's what we both remind each other every time we think we want to leave. We remind each other who the other person is. I say, go on out there, Julie. Go see if you can do that kind of. Uh, you know what you do in out there like you're doing here. They don't. They ain't having it like that in these streets. You got to come <laughs> with it. You got to put in time. If you going out, there ain't no little three minutes, hurry up so I can go to sleep. Ain't none of that out in the streets. No, no. So you. And tell Julie, I co-sign on that. You can't look at these streets today. You can't look at no man and go, uh-uh, I don't do that. I don't do that. Uh-uh. No, no. Then you need to go on back where you came from, if that's where, if that's what's happening. And tell Julie, especially no, at this we, age. I'm very you, excited. At this age, you got to have all the selling points you can. <laughs> you can get on this car that you ain't woo, exactly yeah because now you selling a car different now listen that left back window don't go up like it used to but i can get it up i know somebody who knows somebody still get you there i literally am selling my mercedes i sell my mercedes david to men now i'm like this is a classic right here now you can't ride it all over the place <laughs> But when you want to go somewhere special this and have people Sunday go, only. it's a Sunday only and you can go to church. <laughs> now the windows may roll down slow, but you look like you got swag when they roll. You may hear a couple bumps Gosh, under the that's hood. That's a great bit. You got it. Really? Okay, what y'all don't know. I just that's asked David. That's a great bit. You need to do that. On stage? Okay, I will do it. Thank it you, David. Very good, yeah. 
Well, Chris, people don't know, and I want people to know, this is why I love Hey David Arnold, because he's so, he's so, he's, see, this is the worst time to get a David Arnold, because he's rich now, because he's successful and he got heat on him, because everybody in Hollywood knows David Arnold's name. This he is why it's he, know, he knows it, too. He's cute and, and he, knows he knows it. it. Right, yeah. Okay. You always you know, want the unassuming David, person. Yeah. David Arnold revels in the term narcissistic. He, he grins like a donkey when you call him that. And this is why it's such a bad time to know David Arnold, because you can't get help like you used to do. When David Arnold was broke and he was unhappy, he was willing to help everybody. Now you ask David Arnold, I sent a text to David Arnold yesterday <laughs> in the hope, because I need somebody to help me with my jokes and write it. So I sent a text, you know, I didn't say, David, can you help me? I sent a text and I said, David, I'm trying to get my material together. If you know somebody, you can refer me to. And he was like, well, what you need to do is if you see a comic that you like, just go and find one. And I'm sitting here going, well, I really need you, Dave, because that's what you do. And I said, well, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, hoping that the name Jerry Shepard would resonate. You know what's so funny? <laughs> what's funny, David? What's funny? It's, I, this is what's funny. That I, she, you, everything you're saying is true. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think either of you would be a damn thing without me, but you've done it. Congratulations on a hundred episodes. Two funny mamas. Love y'all. This thing of watching David Arnold was not just David Arnold. It, it's his talent and he works hard, but it was a village around him that helped him. And that's, and I have to give a that's lot of props to Kim because Kim set aside three years of her life to go on the road so David, because she believed in David so much to go on the road so he could get the exposure. He had the talent, he had it, but sometimes people won't look at you even if you got the talent and it takes right. somebody else to kind of usher you, get it, usher you in um, into that place and Kim was the one that did that because I would say to her all the time, why are you going out so much? You don't need, and Kim would bring Andre. She brought Erlene. It was a whole entourage. And I have to say this, props to Kim Whitley. She didn't make that much money because she had to dole it out to so many people. She had to pay everybody. She split it with, with David. She gave some to Andre. She was paying for everybody's airfare. And it was a big entourage, but Kim is one of those, type of people who, if she believes in you, she will support you sometimes to the detriment of who she is. And she was exhausted all the time, but she wanted David to get out there. And so to see David, I watched his special and it was really good, but to see all of, and Kim even came in a snowstorm to support David Arnold when he shot that special. Me, I called David and I was like, look here, uh, it's a snowstorm and I'm not dying. So I'm not coming. I'm going back to LA. He was like, really? I need your support. I was like, uh, Kim gonna be there. Kim got a motel, came in a snowstorm to support David Arnold, her friend. And uh, to see where David Arnold is now versus where he was, it really truly is a you work hard and, and the money will come. But yes. it was very good. But Kim, the entire time but I the watched money it, ain't come this way. The money ain't came this way. I can tell so by the look Kim, on Kim's Kim face. Because she wasn't a producer on this special. <laughs> Netflix heard Kim Whitley. And it was like, no, she going to be too bossy. But no, I'm not saying that. But uh, when, I, when I watched the special that was so good, 
I just thought about Kim Whitley and I thought about how Kim would go first because normally Kim is a headliner because David was very strong and Kim wanted David to just get his props and she, and he is, he's getting his props. But that's something that, that you did for David. Which and I told him, I said, I'm the Diana Ross, you Michael Jackson. So I'm gonna introduce you. So I will go up first. And everybody's like, why are you going why are you going first? And I tell people, I said, I'm going up first tonight. I said, because I gotta introduce you to this man. I, I've got to tell you who he is. So that's why we did it like that. I said, and I'll be back with him. And that's what we did every night. I would go up and then I I would tell a story and I said, I'm introducing you. And David would open up and say, I know y'all looking at me and you don't know who I am, you don't think I'm gonna be funny. And that was every night. Now he sells out. And he sells out. He's on billboards in Times Square. Um, You know, the one thing I would say about David is uh, any given night, seven days a week, you'll see David Arnold at a comedy club. Yep. So it's it's not just, he can't say, Kim is not going to back somebody who don't work hard. And and David Arnold is always working on his craft. That's the thing I got to give him. It's a little bit easier yeah. when you, it's different for Kim and I, cause we're single mothers to go out and do it at that level. Um, because David has his wife, Julie, who's the back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Two Funny Mamas. Uh, Sherry Shepard is out today. So we got a a funny daddy with us who is so... Shut up, David. Y'all welcome to Two Funny Mamas. David A. Arnold. Yeah. If you didn't say, well, if, if, let me tell you something. If Sherry don't shave for two weeks, that's what she going to look like. Just like us. <laughs> Half the people were like, is that Sherry? <laughs> Half the people. Y'all, thank you so much. What? Thank you, David, for joining us. Sherry is still working. She'll be back with us. We had Lunell uh, sat in for Sherry last week. She was so funny. Nice. I was sleepy. Yeah, she was funny. I was sleepy because I had been up all night. But thank you, Lunell. Uh, did a fantastic job. Did so she wear one of them little? Been... Did she wear one of them little lingerie outfits that she been posting on Instagram? Because you know she been posting pictures with her ass out, like she twenty one. She don't. What? I don't. She's an I don't ambassador. Know what's going on. She's an ambassador for, for Victoria's um, Secret. Rihanna. 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 Oh. Yes, Rihanna's line. Yeah, so she's been um, wearing the clothes. So Rihanna's like, you know, girls of a certain size can wear this stuff also. Yes, I see. Yeah, and Sherry yeah, was hip, irritated. Yeah, the hip replacement was... edition on. David! Did you say the hip replacement? <laughs> Got a little snap on the side. You can you, you know, pop your old hip out and put that new one in. And keep the laundry. Linnell <laughs> don't know I've been I've been printing her pictures out and posting them up over my wall and out in my bedroom. Julie, like, what's all this? Don't worry about that, Julie. Just keep your eye on me. You understand? It's that hip replacement. 
And he replaced me in a little oh reset. For our listeners and our viewers who are not familiar with David A. Arnold, you have who, who the hell is that? There's there's people, David. Some people don't know you, okay? But I want right, them to know. See, it's so funny how many years. I remember when I used to say that, and you were like, yeah, Kim, tell them. Now you <laughs> got your little special on Netflix and your little the stuff little that you're doing. Yeah, little. That's what I've always said. If I'm anything about you. Um, David, if you don't go on Netflix and pull up Fat Battle Re- Ballerina, he has a fantastic special, which I helped produce, and you'll see my name. Thank you. Um, but we've been on tour together. Look at it. Thank you, Netflix. There it is right down there. David, I even helped you. You designed it, but I helped. I mean, Netflix, I was saying what was good and bad with that little poster, that little thing right there. You did. You gave notes on everything like a good producer would do. Yeah, sometimes I'm good. You were very good, Kim. You, you, you talked to me in between the two shows that we filmed that night. You 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 heckled me off off the off the stage in a few parts. We had to cut that shit out. I didn't. I should have left it in, but <laughs> go was I, yeah, I didn't yell at you during the special. I didn't yell at you huh? during the special. I would have never Are done. You, would I have done that? Yes, you yelled out. You yelled out. Pat your hair down when that when they came and gave me the key to the city or something. They gave me. And they and I had my hair was up and you you yelled out Patchy I got the whole thing I edited it yeah of course oh my this God. is who we are we've been doing this forever people don't realize we've been yeah. on tour together for 15, 10 years twelve yes. years wait. I, I, wait hold on let me put my finger in front of the camera <laughs> what, what 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 are you doing was that better Chris said I was blurry. Oh, Chris, you Crystal come on and say hello to David. I want you to introduce you to Chris. What's up, David? Good I'm to like, have you back, man. Hey, brother. Good to see you, man. Or good to hear you. Yeah, it's, good to it's hear great. you It's great. You're surviving yeah. with these two. I, I'm working through it. I've uh, I get a lot of uh, fastballs tossed my way, but somehow <laughs> we're pushing. We're pushing through. Kim, you look great. The blur is gone. The blur is gone. Sherry got blur irritated because I was eating on the last episode, so therefore... That's what I was going to say. So you're going to keep on eating. I know this ain't a part of the Weight Watchers plan right here. I know it's not. I this know is... it's not. Okay, five points. And I've gone over That's my five points point. in your hand. That one chip that you done <laughs> ate right there is five points. I no. can tell. I know. That's a ginger snap. I know what a ginger snap look like when I see it. Look at... <laughs> They go another, they go another five. That she 10 points in, y'all. In less than 3.6 seconds, Kim Whitley done blew through 10 Weight Watchers points. So if you watch it, please know that you too can blow. How many points you get a day, Kim? How many points will Miss Weight Watcher give you? 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> you you look, oh God. You, okay. you done blew through over half of the points and we ain't been on but a minute and a half and you done blew through all your little points it's the holiday season I know, you know. holidays is this is the time to eat Julie Julie you know Julie has been we've been we've been working we've been working out for me and my wife Julie we've been working out a while now but she really like every, I saw her walk by yeah that's her down on, on the on the ground sitting there with her, uh, with her uh, leg and arm out. She been, uh, she been working out. She walked by today, and I said, "Look at you. You really smaller than you used to be. 
you really are. And she said, thank you. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. You didn't say that. You didn't say that. Of course I did. Of course I did. That's the kind of relationship we got. <laughs> you say no. Thank you. No, thank you. I, I, I'm glad that, you know, we didn't have to have no more conversations. She looks great. She'd be in there working out. She'd be. How, did, how does that? How's that conversation go? Karen? How does that go? Which like, one? Which conversation? Now, if your if your woman is putting on some weight, how does the conversation go that you're letting her know? Because ain't nobody talked to me thirty pounds ago. You saw me blowing up. You didn't say nothing. I, I seen some pictures. First of all, Kim like, Whitley. Kim Whitley. Every time we on the road, I'm begging you let's go to the gym that's how that's how you get your woman to work you can't walk in on your woman and be like listen that bitch i need you to get your ass up you can't do that that ain't gonna work you're gonna find yourself by yourself that ain't the way to do it i'm telling you now the way to do it is uh -huh. to go hey i'm about to go run let's go for a walk you know what i'm saying you know let's go for a, a, a quick 30 mile walk you know what i'm saying like you gotta find ways to do quick it with 30 her mile walk. encourage her <laughs> That That's what you say, Chris. You tell them it's going to be around the block. The, and then they, when they look up six hours later and they still walking. No, okay. Right, Taking notes. But you have to give them a program and a plan and a, you know, like everything. Sure. I think okay. you leave, this is what I honestly believe. I, I can say this. This is real talk. Every time one of us has gotten, because you go up and down in your weight when you, you know, period. That's just life, especially after a certain age. But when one of us get on it, the other one soon follows behind. That oh. normally happens. So like, if, so like if I, you, if you with somebody, chances are, if you just start, now I know some people who haven't, but if you start working out and you try to invite them and it's like, hey, this is our thing, let's do this together, they'll get on board. You know, now sometimes people get mad. You know, weight has broke people up now. You know, some yeah. it's been two two fat asses sitting on the couch and one get up and get skinny and then the other one be mad. Yeah. And now you got a skinny one and a fat one, or, they argue, or, you know. Or they break up with you because you didn't gain weight. Exactly. I've had, they like, I've had women say, I'm trying, you need to try. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. I've heard women, they feel that way about the men that they're with. You know what I mean? Right. It's like I'm trying to I'm trying to hold it together and be sexy for you. So the least you could do is get off your fat ass and do something. You know, like some women feel that way about dudes, and some guys feel that way about. I tell Julie all the time. Every time I see every, you know, every time I, you know, I see some of these a uh, little bit bigger than you know, than I want to see them. I tell Julie, I tell, I look at Julie, I go, you don't have that luxury. I'm just letting you know <laughs> that, that luxury. You do not have you, that luxury to, to, to get, <laughs> I know I'm going to get so a lot it, of that. Right now, is I'm it like there. friends that you've seen that put on weight and you say, Hey, you don't have that luxury. Like some of your boys wives or something. Is that oh, what you're saying? Absolutely, exactly. Exactly. Like if you see enough, you see, I've seen couples out and I see a dude, I've seen dudes in shape and then they be with their girl and their girl be huge. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, you ain't got that luxury. I'm gonna, you can, there's a lot of stuff you can do. What you looking at over there is not one of them. 
<laughs> okay. So, but what about you? What, what would you like a woman to say to you if you were, if you were putting on some power? What would Julie say to you? I'm, I'm. See, this is the thing. I'm. They. Everybody's wired differently. Everybody mm-hmm. is motivated differently. Julie, you can't say to Julie, "Get your shit together." That ain't gonna do nothing for her. You gotta yeah. tell her, "You look great. Keep going." That positive reinforcement gets Julie going harder. Positive oh. reinforcement don't do nothing for me. Me either. I need to be told I can't do something. I need you to tell me, uh, you you fat. Like, I'm going to tell you what happened this year. When the pandemic first hit, right, March, I went to a social distancing little gathering outside in front of a friend's house. It was like 15 of us maybe, right? We outside. And Tank, you know, Tank, the singer, Tank is there. He walks up, Dave, he said, whoo, somebody done got all the pandemic weight on them already. <laughs> and that's <laughs> all I needed to hear. He and from that, that moment on, yeah, but, but you know, boys, we be talking shit to each other, you know, and comedians, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's what we do. You know, comedians, that's, that's half of our relationship is just dogging each other out that's just what we right. do right you know what i'm saying no matter what right i mean eddie murphy had delirious when he had the red suit on all his friends cracked on the leather red suit they didn't talk about the fact that he put together one of the most iconic you know stand-up specials in the world they just all dogged a nigga's suit for 30 minutes that's right, just right, what right, we do right. as comedians so so when he did that when he made the joke first of all i already knew i was fat I knew it when I, I knew I was getting big. I knew I hadn't been working out. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. So when he said it, it just reinforced something that I already knew. And from that day forward, three and a half, five miles a day, every day, every day. Oh, wow. Just to get yeah. it back. I, have you seen just to get it. I have not, but I can't <laughs> wait to see his ass because I need him to know, Tank. That you, what you said to me, got these. I've, I, I don't know how much weight I've lost because I've never weighed myself. It's always I can feel my clothes f- follow me different. I don't weigh myself. Um, right, right. I just, I, know I, need to weigh I just, myself. I can look in the mirror and go, no, that ain't it, and just keep going. Right, right. I, I picked up a couple pounds, <laughs> so I need to weigh myself because everything of mine has elastic in it. Kim, you look great. Thank you, but I could, I could do better. <laughs> You look great. You really look great. Like, like, like I've, I didn't know in the beginning that you were doing the Weight Watchers thing. And then I saw like some pictures and I looked twice. I was like, why Kim's head look not as big as it used to be. <laughs> and I start staring at the picture. I was like, something wrong. <laughs> and I why is your head was not as big as my head lost weight? Is that Kim, what you said? That's what I was shocked at. Because most of the time, people's heads stay the same size. <laughs> and their body get little, but they had that big ass head still. But your head seemed to have gone down with the oh rest of your God. body. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's like a WW infomercial for head weight, head weight loss. It is. Head, weight, head weight. And feet. And feet. My feet it's got small. Oh, well, no. Thank you, you still walking on them 15s. Don't you lie to these people. What <laughs> up, David. Shut your mouth. You got a man for me now? I uh, look, Kim, we yeah. done been through this now. We didn't we didn't we didn't we didn't I didn't seen you destroy enough souls. I can't continue to be a part of this. 
I can't. I can't. I, I guarantee you, if you pan that camera to the left two feet or to the right two feet, Kim got some dude standing over there dusting. Somebody over there out of frame dusting. He dusting. He vacuuming quietly. Somebody in the kitchen making breakfast, and it's dinner time. I want you to know it's dinner time. He making breakfast for tomorrow. I'm telling you, I know what's going on over there. Chris, don't listen to him, Chris. We, I would I, never I, do that to you. Now you were oh, to me. Thank you. I appreciate I that. And that's what everybody tells themselves too. Is, oh, that'll never happen to me. And then you're over there, and, and Harold looks over to you, and he's like, "Yes, yeah, thought the same thing in 2004." <laughs> he said, exactly, "Exactly." Everybody walk in Kim's house with big plans. She's already baiting yeah, me. Me and Kim about to create a show. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what this live show stuff is, David? This stuff in St. Louis? I got a venue. She's got me. I got a, I got a venue. That's She's easy. like, Sherry, just go along with this. <laughs> just go along with it. Next time yeah. I see you, Chris, you're going to be in a jumper in her garage organizing boxes. Don't let it happen, Chris. A jumper? A jumper? He's going to be in a jumper, David? I don't know why she put him in jumpers. That's in uh -huh. case they try to run off. She can describe him easy to the cops. <laughs> She has her own no. private private security force that 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 uh, <laughs> goes around the grounds. Yeah, oh my is... god! Exactly. Oh my god! You are crazy, David. Uh, tell everybody what your Instagram is so people can follow you. And the reason why I say follow because David has created this thing with his family, which is fun to watch. A uh, clean family fun. And he puts them up on Instagram. Uh, he started, how many years ago? A year ago? Two years ago? Two and a half. And you, two years ago. Two and a half. Mm -hmm. and, and you just have skyrocketed, skyrocketed. And it's very fun. So your Instagram is? The David A. Arnold. And your why does it have to be great the put it up David there. Huh? Because why? there was a David Arnold. And if you look up, if you Google David Arnold, you'll get the white man who does the soundtrack for James Bond. So that's why. So like for, in the beginning, when I first came to LA and I started doing stand up, it was David Arnold and people would look me up. And I remember I went somewhere one time. And I, matter of fact, I think on Pandora, my Pandora station had the white man's picture, but my stand up. No. So I had to go through this. Yeah, I had to go through this whole thing of emailing and going like, look at the photos of the albums that you guys are posting under this white man. He was the like the profile picture. But oh then all God. the, you know, the content under was, you know, my stand up. Boy. So you have to do David A. Arnold, because if you don't put in the A, you're going to get, you know, the white dude who's I'm the soundtrack composer. I've never been so happy to not have a camera on me. You would not imagine the disappointment when you popped up on the screen. I saw David Arnold. I was so excited for the composer to come on. And then it's you. You know, you, we need to just thank God I'm not on camera. I, I, would, have been so, I would have been so embarrassed. I was like, Kim, thank That's you. Finally, finally a guest for me. Chris is silly. <laughs> Somebody I can really connect with yeah no it's, so you got to put in the david a arnold it's david a arnold across the board and all facebook uh instagram TikTok, all of that and what do yeah, you like been, doing better as far as like, what like instagram movies tv writing uh stand up oh. which do you like to do better stand up it's not even close 
You love stand up. I love it. I, there's nothing and like you teach a, a stand up class. Teach the largest stand up comedy class in the country, the most successful stand up class in the country. Let's not just, it's not just a stand up class. That's right. Get it all in your face. Not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kim. That's, 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 that's chapter that's two right. quickness <laughs> in my class. Um, it's, it's, I love the, you can't teach anybody to be funny. And I said this to DL Hughley when I, when I did his show and we were talking about it because DL, you know, Jasmine, who's DL's sidekick, she took my class. She's his, you know, um, his co-host, I shouldn't say sidekick, co-host. And she, um, she took the class and I was talking about that. You, you know, as a stand-up comedian, one of the first things I know, you can't teach anybody to be funny, but it's not about that. Right. It's about the tools and it's the work. As you know, for me and you being on the road and, and working together, you know, it's about the mechanics of the work. And I think that's the thing that, I think that's why the class is successful. Outside of the fact that also I'm a successful stand-up, so people respect the fact that they're working mm -hmm. with somebody who's working, not somebody who wrote a book and who don't do stand-up. Because I think... I don't know a lot of stand-up teachers, but I know some of them used to do stand-up. Some of them never did stand-up. Right. Right. But I do stand-up. Like I'm, you know, like that's my, that's my right. thing. Right. Really, really talk about it, you know? Yeah. And that makes a big difference, you know? And then we took it online. We did it online. Then we did it on the road. You know, when we were in Atlanta, we started right before right. all this shut down. You know, I, I started taking a class on the road and doing weekend seminars in cities I was working in, which I will do again once we start up. And the first time we did it in Atlanta, we sold out, you know, all the seats for the class. So it was great. That was good. And then I tried to do it and sold none. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, what's your curriculum? Do you just like, a, I don't, you, you go up and you tell a story about the time I was in Friday? Like, what do you, what's your... <laughs> What's your curriculum, Kim? Ain't nobody signed up for that bullshit. I'm mad. <laughs> David told but you know what's so funny, though? In the beginning, but that, like everything, that's how everything started. When I first started doing my stand-up class, what, 12 years ago? Uh -huh. I might have had, you know, five people maybe came. You know what I'm saying? But right, now right, right, right. we got 300 plus people on our waiting list. Like, I can't even, I can't even... I, I, when we announce, when my assistant announces that we're taking deposits for the next class, like honestly, because we have a master list, email list that we just blast out to all mm -hmm. 300 plus people that have asked to be put on the waiting list. Every time she does it, I think the last one we did, it filled up and I only do 10, no, I do 20 spots now. I started only doing 10, I do 20. Right. 27 minutes, they was gone, all 20 spots. Wow. Like, now, are you able to do that now because you're writing and working? How are you able to teach? Well, I'm not a, I don't do it now, not because I'm writing and working, but because there's no a part of my class is going and getting on stage. Oh, you got to go out and get right. on stage so we can talk. Ain't no stages right now. I was going to take so, over for you. Huh? You was going <laughs> to. There's, there's 15 points right there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start. This is my last one. I don't think I don't no, I don't man. think there's that many comics that could do that, David. That your brain has to work. You're a writer and a and a showrunner and everything else. That like that has yeah. to be. That's not normal for because I know folks that do it and the, I know some funny probably not to your level as far as like a teaching class goes. But 
I think that speaks to how your brain works too. Like most, I would not put most comics in charge of teaching other people how to do it. When it Somebody works. said that. Somebody, what'd you say? Kill. I said, when his brain works. I love, that was a lot. When I, when I shut it off, I, I shut it down. When my wife says, why are you just sitting there with that look on your face? That's what she mean. When I didn't shut my brain down, I'm all the way off. No, I think you, right. a lot of people have said that. A lot of people say, you know, when you write, you know, you can't teach anybody. I, you know, you got to love it too, man. You got to really, I think it, I think the class really works because I never did it for money. It was always done out of the, how much I love stand up. I love talking about stand up. I love watching. I love watching people find it. I love watching a comedian be on stage bombing Just week Kim after Whitley. week and then finding it. Kim Whitley. Kim Whitley. Let me let me tell you about Kim Whitley. Kim <laughs> Whitley. Gather out. Gather around. Grab, 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 grab your grab your snacks and your little grab your little ginger snaps and gather around. Listen, um, I remember I saw Kim Whitley it was many years ago, and I, I said, Kim, listen, you you don't have to continue to strip. You you have a better future. You strip got like a, shut up. I was <laughs> I saw her on the pole. I was at a dirty club downtown. It was a it was a club where you know. I didn't know you were a, that, I didn't know you were a missionary as well. Oh my God. Yes, I said, Kim, I'm, I was next door dropping off some cans for the mission. And I noticed through the window, I saw you on stage stripping. And I said, this girl who's greasing this pole with uh, Crisco, it, it's no need to be up here doing this. I said, you, I've seen you on stage, you're funny. And I, 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 I will say this, you. Kim Whitley, and I mean this seriously, is probably one of the funniest women no not women people that i've ever met and this is what i love about kim any kim is so good that anybody can sit next to her and look great like sherry's been next to you killing linnell's next to you i sit next to you buddy lewis said like you're so good at finding your space and and killing and when i watched her do stand-up her and buddy lewis used to host one of the biggest comedy nights in los angeles called whacked out wednesdays at the haha -Ha cafe it was so big that it took what used to be a coffee shop and a carry oaky spot and made them change it to a comedy club because it was just that popular and i remember going there and i remember watching and i just remember I was brand new at the time. And I remember watching Kim and I just was like, this girl is really funny. And then we just got to know each other and then we became friends and then we really became friends. I was like, let's go on the road together. Let's do some stand up. You go out, I go out, we go out together. Like, right. I, I was watching her one night and I, I never forget this. And I said this to her when she came on stage, I said, the worst thing that can happen for every woman doing stand up today is that if you fuck around and get serious, all these bitches is in trouble. Because <laughs> I've seen people work for years to be really good. And I see Kim fuck off for two weeks and find these moments that are so great. I'm like, oh, if she stayed up in there, there's no way nobody could fuck with her on this microphone. She's so good. She's so inviting. She's so, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. And I gotta be honest with you, as a comedian, 
comedians, we love being on stage by ourselves. We're very, we're, we want to do it by ourselves. That's what we do. We don't need nobody else. We don't like, for me as a writer, writing in a on a television show in a writer's room is the complete opposite of being a stand-up because you got a team, you find it. As a comedian, you do it by yourself. Kim and I go on stage together. When we're on tour, we go on stage. I go up, Kim go up, we go up together. That's how we do the show. Yes. And she's so funny and it's, I, I, I love being on stage, but I love being on stage with Kim because it's so easy and we, and it's so, it's, it's, you never, I'm going to legitimately have a good time every time we get on stage and you never know what's going to happen on the show because it's different we, every time. Every, we've had some shows and we're like, how did we not record that? And then we go back to another city and we're like, let's do what we did in the last city. We're like, you remember? I was like, no, we just. Because <laughs> it's organic. It's in the moment and it works. In the moment, having fun. So, and since it's so organic and we have fun, you've been so honest. I feel like I need to share something with you that I've been hiding. I, I, I didn't want you to know. <laughs> I didn't want you to know this. Because the but while you were talking, because I didn't want you to see me eat another ginger snap. I broke them up in itty bitty pieces. <laughs> and I was sneaking them ever so slightly in my mouth while you were talking. Damn it, Kim. She, she didn't broke them down into one fourth points. <laughs> A quarter point now. Because I felt like if he sees me grab another whole ginger snap, he's gonna call the people. He's gonna call the WW people. Kim, this means uh, Kim. This means Kim can cheat. That's what that tells me. Yes, that's, that's she's I'm fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she's fantastic. I do know that how was, to cheat, but would I? I would that, never cheat yes. on you, Chris. Thank you, Kim. Oh, David, that was so you. kind of you and so nice of you, and to and hear I that coming from you. And you know, I know you oh, did because you. I have grown because of you and I have learned to love stand-up. I, I mean, I've enjoyed it, but you know, you every night it was, come on, Kim. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Um, so you have shown me how much fun and how easy it is, um, even though I'm afraid every time I go out. Have you done any stand-up while we've been in this pandemic? I've done three shows. <clears throat> I did, I did a, uh, I did Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud for the Montreal Comedy Festival. We filmed it outside oh. in the, in the parking lot of his uh, production office. We we filmed that. It was very well done. Social distance. The audience is set apart it, in, in a beautiful stage. It was it was great. They only had it posted live for like. 48 hours on the Montreal Comedy Festival website. Oh, I did. I did that. I did a show for a comedian named Kev on stage who has found and does this outside social distancing thing too, where they only let like 20 audience members come. It's like 10 couples, 10 couples and they're okay. set apart. And you're on the stage, they switch the mics out. Everybody has on, you have to get COVID tested before you go in the back to where they film it. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's super, and I did that with him. 
which was fantastic. And I did another show. I can't remember. Oh, wait, maybe that's it. That might be it. No, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. So, okay, so you've had a chance. I have done no stand-up. Have you done any virtual stand-up? Yes, I did something for Jack and Jill. I did something for another company. I can't remember who. I I, mm -hmm. I I don't know. And I think I have another one pending or I have some offers of something to people pending. I, 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 I've done them. I honestly, I have not. Now, I'm not going to say I've been missed stand-up because when I was, every time I step in, there's two times I did it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I miss it so much. Like, when you're standing in the back of the room and you're watching the comedians work, you're like, oh, God, I got to be a part of this. Like, I I miss this, you know. I drove to Hollywood one night with my daughter. Me and Anna Grace were in the car, and I was like, mm -hmm. let's just leave. Because, you know, we're not doing nothing. So I was like, just get in the car and go. Right, right. We got in the car, and I, I took her I took her down to Hollywood Boulevard, and I wanted to show her the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store. And I went and showed her where my name is on the wall at the Comedy Store, and I showed her where my picture is on the wall at the Laugh Factory. You know, and she was just blown away by that. And that's what I, I missed. To the county jail, but go ahead. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> if you go want ahead. to see mama's picture. No, so I miss it. So like when I go in those spaces, I miss it, but I haven't done it, you know, consistently because it's just not. And I have, I have, I have dates that are booked in March. You know, I think you and I even have a date sometime April or something. But we, you know, we pushed him back because I got to get ready for my next Netflix special. Because you know, I got, I signed a deal. Fat Ballerina right. did so well that I got a deal to do another special that uh, is being produced get, by Lena Wake. But how are you going to get that's ready? That's my I'm thing. No, that's my thing. I can't. I, you know, I, I told them the network. They were like, well, because they asked me too. Do you want to do a social distancing thing? We could do like a, you know, because Kevin just released one that was like right. small. Not for me. I can't. I, I I can't do that because, like like my manager said, he said, "Yeah, we need the world needs to see you on the theater stage. They need to know you belong in that space." Because yeah, the okay. last special Fat Ballerina was done in a comedy club, and it was you know it was packed and it was but it was intimate. It was you know this oh, one we're right. doing at a theater. Yeah, my I need to go up. It needs to go up another level. You know what I'm saying for me. So. I'm not going to do it. I got to wait. We just got to wait until the, and once the pandemic and the world opens up, then I'll go back out on tour and start working on my jokes. Right now it's March. Depending on what it looks like in March will make a difference whether or not I push it to June. And right. you know what? I don't know what it is, but I've got no okay K waiting. Because yeah, I know what it's yeah, going to be. Too. But I'm concerned. You know? I don't want to go out and do my same raggedy jokes. But I have nothing. I probably have more stuff now. But it's so you hard. Like I, well, I have a virtual show coming up uh, for the Black Nurses Association probably in a couple weeks. Oh yeah. I have not done stand up since D.C. last year in in uh, February. I think February seventh was the last day I was on stage. That's right. I remember that. Remember that at the DC? Yeah, you did the uh, DC. You did the, the tavern, the one that I did, right? Yes, the tavern. Yes. I loved it. That it was, was my last yeah. show. And and for some reason, why do I remember? I was we. I guess we were hearing about it. I was like, "Don't touch me. We can't have people near me or whatever." We were hearing rumors, I guess, of it. 
Because yeah. I, re I remember taking pictures of people, but let's keep them at a distance. Yes. But my fear is this. Number one is I haven't told any of those jokes since. My memory mm -hmm. and just being able to entertain these women without an audience. How do you do that? Like we're talking now, we're laughing because we know each other. But how do you sit there and talk to the screen? You know what? For me, when I've done them and I did, oh, that was another show. I did some kind of virtual show where you perform for these screens. That was the third show that I did. But uh, I, you know, my Instagram and my Facebook, I do a lot of ranting in my computer, you know, to, so for me, it's kind of natural. It doesn't, you, this is the thing. When you've been doing it long enough, you know what's funny. You know what's, whether mm. you, it's like, it's like when I, as a comedian, it's like when we would showcase for the industry and they would be there and they wouldn't be laughing and that used to bother you. But then after yeah. you've been doing it long enough, you realize that they're just soulless, uh, comedicless asses, <laughs> most of them. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're like, fuck you, you ain't got to laugh. I don't, like, you ain't going to come in here with your tight ass suit on and not laugh because you're and trying to look at And then you get to a point where you be so confident in your material mm -hmm. that you can do it and get no laughter and still keep that energy. Because you know, it's funny. I've done it 472,000 times and I've gotten yeah. a laugh every time. Every why, time. Why, why would I think that I'm not getting a laugh now? So that's Absolutely. what you got to kind of remember when you go to do these virtual shows because they asked me when i did one for jack they were like do you want us to tap the audience in so you can hear them and i was like no i don't want to hear none of that i don't want to hear nothing, nothing. i just want to hear me and i just go and i just go and i, I well, was supposed we to do off, 15 minutes well that's what i'm gonna do i, I gotta do 10 so i want to make sure i talk to oh you this my week God. And get, is it and get your uh and get your blessing and get some uh, notes from you. Um, I want to go to a segment right now uh, called Ask a White Guy. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Welcome to Ask a White Guy. Uh, thank you to at uh, Sounds of Noel for the jingle. Appreciate you. Um, so since we have a resident, a resident white guy, Chris, what is something you think white people should back off in uh, 2021? Oh, what do I think? Man, uh, top of my head. TikTok dances, like let's take a step back. That's not really our lane so much, and we've kind of we've pushed in a little hard on the uh, dances. Off the top of my head, I'll I'll throw that in. It's just I don't use the app much. David, you're probably a huge hit on something like TikTok, but um, yeah, we not could because do... of the dancing. Though. I can tell you that. Okay. <laughs> I believe that. Let's leave that to uh, let's leave that to our, our black brothers and sisters. I think let's back off on the TikTok dances. And but and let me ask you a question, though, Chris. You can say that, but as somebody who is on TikTok, like these white people be on here dancing. Now, the big one of the biggest stars on TikTok is uh, Demilio. I think it's her last name. She is like she's like sixty-two million followers, and she is a little white girl that's like fifteen years old. That's incredible, and she's murdering. 
So I she, don't know if this is a white thing or if it's a generational thing. Wait a minute. Joshua, oh, I need to get the dance shoes. I gotta get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> finally. You'll never have to do stand up again, Kim. Whoa, <laughs> got your, right. You got your TikTok star in the other room. Yeah, she's she, yeah, she's Joshua's she's uh, ready. He's ready. She's a yeah, her Charlie, Charlie D'Amelio. Here she go, right here. As soon as I put her up, that's her right there. She got 62 million. That's her right there dancing. This is the girl. This is her. Oh, she's the no. biggest <laughs> thing on TikTok. I she's the biggest thing. I'm gonna tell you how many she got right now. I hope she's got her 104 million. Sorry. What? Just for dancing? She's got 104 million. And look at her, look, look, yeah. Let me see. I can't, I'm, I'm, you can't, I'm not good. You, 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 you're a little goofy. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. Little wow. white. Wow. 104 million. Well, I, Black uh... Lives Matter, yes. Every her little dance, these dances, 25 million, 50 million views. She's out of control. I can do that. So, <laughs> yeah, you can't keep doing it every day. Next thing you know, everybody be doing the Whitley. Right. <laughs> the Whitley gets a people I brought, in trouble. I like that. Doing the Whitley. I like that. That's um, right. Um, what were you saying, Chris? What's that about? Uh, are, are you answered are, about the white people? Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I, I've been proven wrong. Like maybe we'll leave the gates open on that. But I think that's for you all to decide if uh, if we get to keep in that lane. So that's that's what we'll think about. There's other things, <laughs> but we don't have to talk about it now. No, but. that's 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 why the question's been raised. Where uh, what are you two's opinion? Where do where do the where's Whitey need to back out of in 2021? Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kim, Kim, Kim's like we don't have time for a three-hour podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where should we start? I, you know what? Well, I'm glad you, know you asked. Probably... Chris, let me see. <laughs> David, you oh, dropped David, the scroll. David, 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 all... <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay out of all. You know, I don't like. I don't like when the White people try to sound black if there is a thing of sounding black, but you know, with a little, you know, in it, and that drives me. Unless they were raised with black people in that neighborhood, then okay, then I understand. That's a weird they thing. Need to, to do what? They need to, it's a say, weird thing. What'd you say? If they were raised they in a black leave, neighborhood, leave, leave the acting black and trying to be black alone. Unless you were raised in the black neighborhood, just like if you were raised in London, you'd have a London accent. If you raised in the black neighborhood, you're gonna have a little black, you know, accent. Right. But I don't I know how you spoke. Not not every black neighborhood's gonna have an accent either. So I find that most of the people, the most of the people that are gonna be pushing that are it's you know you're you're trying to fit in and you don't really know how to do it, or you're just okay. Worthless. Oh, or what? you're worthless. Oh, you're worthless. Hey, drives, you it drives me know? insane. Yeah, that's a good. I one. love this question. Just random question. What are your? What kind of underwear do you have on? Okay, that's not appropriate. That, so, oh, that was for a text. I think you were doing voice to text. Was that meant just for me, or was that for David? <laughs> what was this? I did ask a white guy. <laughs> what kind of underwear do you wear, Chris? Boxer briefs. There oh. you go. 
See, you gotta, what is a boxer brief? Are they the same? I don't understand that. It's a boxer and a brief. It's like it's it, it's good. It's controlling. David, David. Yes. See, David, David gets it. David's probably you got to keep it. You got to keep it contained. So they're tight boxers. Yes. They, yeah. Boxers is just. Not not the, it's it's. There's the there's support. There's support. Your pants down and we saw nothing. It was pretty things because I want to David. shut this whole goddamn internet down, Kim. <laughs> David, you understand? I want to see you move to the left hand and had to disable no. this little ass, this little bullshit ass podcast immediately. David, it looked like a vagina. It looked like a vagina. I'm not saying nothing. Oh. It's kind of flat. It's kind of flat. You the one that stood up. You gotta be pretty bold to just stand up in front of the camera and show your bid oh, sex. Show all of it. <laughs> this, uh, show, this show is because it's really in the last few weeks we've got a lot of good dong coverage. So thank you for keeping a that lot going. Of Chris, Chris wore a pair of pants, David. You gonna show the picture, Chris? <laughs> no, we're Chris? good. We don't need to show it for a third. Oh, David. Chris didn't even realize he put he sends me a picture me and Sherry a picture of him out with this band right he didn't I, realize I was right. I was on a theater stage amongst a lot of people it was a big project I was proud of it I wanted to send this to people I respect and say hey I got to get up on a stage all day and do this big project with these bands and I'm like six four with with shoes on so it's like. I'm look at me towering over these this band that is topping out at five foot seven. I look like Shrek, don't I? And then I come back. First of all, they were mustard colored pants, so it was like an arrow and a beacon of look at me, look at me. They're kind of tight, and I said to Sherry, "Oh my God, look at Chris! It looks like he caught an anaconda." <laughs> and This is going to be a new segment. Right. Chris got offended. He was like, why is that the first thing you see? I was like, you put on yellow mustard colored pants. Everybody else on the stage had on black. I was the host. Chris wanted y'all to see. You know, we don't want to be cast into that, into that whole uh, rumor that white guys ain't got nothing. He need to let you know that he's, that, you know. You got a slow play. You got a slow play, Dave. We're we're thirty plus episodes in. I finally had to be like, okay, let's let's go ahead and set some ground rules here. There you go. That's what you do. You 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 these two right here, Chris. I believe you take both of them down at the same time. That's what you do. Kim 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 speaks so much softly, more softly to me now. It's so strange. I do. I got David. I got a little respect for him. Saw them orange musters. You didn't know what to do. Got a little mustard respect for him. Dad don't like. Okay, this is oh what did you do for uh oh. dang on? I have the oldest computer on earth. The fan started back up. No, that's Sorry, one of the that's one of our old dudes in the background vacuuming, isn't it, David? Right. <laughs> if, you hear, if you hear a fan noise, that's the yeah, old dude vacuuming over here. Very funny. What okay, I can ask okay, I know what I want to I have a couple questions for you, Dave. What have you been watching on Netflix Prime? Uh, Disney Plus streaming. What have you been watching or regular television? Um, uh, let's see. Whatever I watch, I've watched. Um, I think it's HBO Max. I watched The Undoing. I watched. Oh, that's um, the one you got Wonder me Woman. caught up in. But I have not yes, gone back. I watched, to it. Yes, it was I a little that. strange. Uh huh. 
Yes, I did. I watched that. I watched uh, Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. What I, you I'm think about, about that? Start watching um, you know, they had a lot of money and they spent it. That's what I think about <laughs> Do you think they spent it on the writer? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> they, they did not spend it on the writer. They spent it on all the special effects. And, you know, I think what's the name? Good. The actress, she got $10 million for doing it. So, wow. But, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's fine. I, you know, okay. we in a pandemic, ain't shit on TV. Go right. and turn on and watch them two and a half hours of, you know, the, I feel like the graphics guys had the most fun on that show. You yes, know? a lot so, of fun. What they have to do all you, the graphics. You I, I ain't impressed with one. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't impressed with Wonder Woman's little skills. She ain't got the little lasso rope. You can only do so much with that damn rope. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I just seen I you lasso a few way. people up, but did you did you both watch it? I, you know, I, yeah, I've seen you guys, it. You two are being you two are being you two are stars of the utmost, and you must know some people that are backing this financially. I'll say it, I'm a nobody. That was horrible. It was a terribly written movie. It was no, I, I, I love it if some little girls love it and enjoyed the, the flashing lights and stuff. It was garbage and it was two and a half hours. If that was an hour, I would have understood it, but no, that was terrible. Yeah. And this is supposed to literally be a god or a goddess and she's like, can't do anything unless her boyfriend's right. around. Like that was a joke, get out of here. It was, le it was less than empowering. I hated it. Yeah, made it, me, was, it made me angry I spent so was, much time sitting there. It was not. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. I was in a bad mood from the night before when I, I watched a, Clo a Clooney movie that was so bad. Oh, wait a minute. The one about, because I'm trying to uh, Which one? The one of him with the little girl in the snow? With the little girl oh. in the snow? Yeah. David, can you write for these people? Sky, Skyfall? Yes. Is, is that the name of the movie? Yeah, yeah. I think so. My I didn't brother's watch that. I watched the trailer and was like, I'm not watching this. Mm -mm. Yeah. George. Uh, George. George Clooney has a beard. That's the most interesting part. No, don't say that. Have you is seen that, it? I, I saw it and I'm up to, you know, him and the little girl in the snow now <laughs> and then the water standing in. And I was like, I want to fast forward it, but I was like, no, I'm gonna watch it. So I haven't watched all of it the, yet. So don't tell me. The Midnight um, Sky, The Midnight Sky. Or it's yeah. like, if the it's midnight like, sky. That's yeah. the name of it. it's like if Interstellar got bopped on the head with a baseball bat. Wow. Yeah, what about, that. what about, that. we know Chris that's hasn't bad. seen this, but David, you might've watched this already. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Soul. Did you? Oh, oh, I didn't see that yet. I saw Soul and I saw Jingle Jangle. I didn't see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom yet. Okay. That's what, I did not see that one yet. I will watch that next. I heard it was, I heard it was pretty, I heard it was pretty good. I didn't hear it was great. I heard it was pretty good and, and it's getting pretty good because, you know, Black Panther, I see you eating, because Black Panther <laughs> ain't with us no more. Right, I that's why I enjoyed it. There, I was hanging up. I you. think that's what gave it more points. I feel like if he was still alive, people would be going, that might not have been the best shit in the world to watch. I could have cleaned my garage. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people was but not impressed, but they gave him a lot of... Yes, but it was from a play. You know, my my Rainey's Black Bottom is from a play, so they adapted it. But it still looked like a play. Yeah. I think that's what they were trying to keep. I mean, this is okay. I think that's that might have is what threw people off. But yes, okay. I didn't. I haven't okay. seen it. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going. But I'm just telling you what I've heard about it. I watched mm -hmm. Soul, Jamie Foxx's Soul with Tina Fey and good. Jamie Foxx. I enjoyed that. That was incredible. 
It was Jamie Foxx. Great Rue. movie. I... Tina Fey. Oh, it was Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Okay. And Jamie Foxx. That was yeah, a good she movie. Played oh. 22, I think. Yeah. Mm, oh yeah. That was great. great. I, I enjoyed that. Jingle Jangle was really good, you know. Um, and I, I th oh, you know what I did do? Because I got, you know, my daughter's 13 and 15, Anna Grace and Ashlyn. So Anna Grace has this obsession with the 80s, you know. And she always asked me, what was it like growing up in the 80s? You know, she's very obsessed with the 80s. The 80s. And uh, so I've been showing her all of the movies from the 80s. You know, oh. and so we literally, Looking for Mr. We literally uh, oh, sorry. What? <laughs> That's what you got from the eighties. Of all the movies you could have said, looking for Mr. Goodbar is what the eighties means to you. Not a breakfast club, not the 16 candles, not coming to America. Not, like the biggest, not, not a home alone. That's some of the biggest hits in the history of the universe. Looking for Mr. Good. Oh God. Disable her mind. Yeah, Dave, you want to just I was going to say, you want to just throw a, a photo up of her, that thirst trap one from Instagram the other day, and then me and you will just talk for another 20 minutes. We'll close it out. All right. Look at the Kim, what, what made you and think of that? You know why? Because there were two movies out, something about a candy bar or something. I went to the wrong one. I ended up going to looking for Mr. Goodbar, and I was in there shell-shocked and appalled. I was like, well, this is not movie. So I, it's etched in my mind. I think my brother told me to go watch it. And then he told me another That's movie with uh, Burt Reynolds. He was like, Kim, this is the best movie on earth. It was the worst. My brothers would always trick me. So I sat in there, I was waiting on the movie to get good. I was waiting, the credits rolled. I was like, what, what, what? He said it was the best movie. I cussed him out for weeks. I still remember it. I got PTSD, so when Burt people tell me, oh, you got to go see this movie, I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, anything with Burt Reynolds had to be the 70s. So this okay. Mr. Goodbar, I had I didn't know what this was. So Mr. Goodbar came out in 1977. It is rated 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'll give you that. Yes. Here, Do you want to hear uh, the synopsis? No, 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 I wasn't around in the 70s, so I didn't go see that. Oh, my, that's probably the wrong one then, my mistake. I, I'm, bad at, I'm bad at Google. <laughs> no, anyway, back to what I was telling you. Sorry, 80s. go ahead. My daughter's been watching movies, so last night I showed them coming to America for the first time. Wow. Oh. And they, no. they were, they were, in the beginning, they were like, I don't want to watch it. And by three minutes in, five minutes in, they were like, Yes. I'm trying to tell you. When they saw Eddie Murphy in that um, barbershop doing all them characters. Oh, man. Really? Know, like that. Yes. So they've been watching. She's been watching all the 80s. Breakfast Club. You know, I'm, so I'm showing her all of the, the, the big, you know, the iconic movies that, you know, from the past. And that's what we've been doing. That's what we do every weekend here in the pandemic. We have a family 
movie night and I try to, they, we go back and forth. They show us a movie that they like and then we okay. show them one that, you know. Oh, I love that. That's see a great that. So we show them, you know. Yeah. Oh, that so we all idea. sit there, we have movie night. And... That, yeah. no, 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 that's a it's good been, idea. It's been oh, great. You know, they, yeah. Oh my God. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm not sure at what time we are at, Chris. Oh, uh, let me check real quick. Key, what time we got to do comments right from our viewers and listeners. Oh, we got to do some promotions, you know. Key, how far in are we? We are at 55 minutes, something like that. I don't know what this is. That makes oh, sense. Yeah, so That's Fifty-five, fifty-four minutes. 40, yeah, you got a little time. We got comments to get to. What, 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 what do you That's got? Crazy, huh? What do you? I said. What are you got, watching, David? You just asked him that. Uh, uh, no, I'm no. Me, oh, right now. I'm reading. Smart ass, Chris. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to bring Mean uh, Kim out. It's not what? worth it. Oh no, it ain't worth it. You don't want to see Mean Kim. Mm -mm. Well, I'll maybe. get those whips and chains out on you. Then what? Oh, oh no! Oh, went too far. You act, oh, look! It's so funny right here. One of your questions that you wrote about kids finding success in the eighties. And does it say that? Yeah, it's just no. is it, so. David, do you did, think there's a better path to success for kid stars than there was in the eighties? Look at that question. That was and good, we just Chris. got finished talking about the eighties. Well, you got a, you have a unique person no, like David in, no, and his no, kids no, are getting no, involved no, in everything. She came in here nine times. Like <laughs> what I'm doing, don't Who's mean in? shit. Julie, oh, text me. Come here. Like, like, like what I'm doing is not <laughs> important. Like <I'm> pretending. <laughs> Julie, he's working for real. Julie, I ate 17 points right What's here, up, David. You got people at your house? Chris Spencer's birthday. Yeah, no, it's Chris Ooh. Spencer's birthday. You know, Today? it's his birthday. And he Chris Y'all ain't got no mask on? Yeah. Two funny moms. Y'all don't have a mask on? No. Bijack.com slash two funny moms. Get your own two funny mama's mask. Get your own mask. Bijack.com. Shut Who your mouth, Chris Spencer. You don't know how I am. You talking to Chris now? Happy birthday, Chris. Yeah, Kim Willie said happy birthday. Okay, David, we're on the podcast. This is live. He doesn't care. I'm telling Sherry on you. I am so <laughs> sick of them and they sexy ass life. Get off the camera. <laughs> funny. Look at Boris and Nicole. Everybody dressed oh, the the look like that. Oh, look how cute. They always, they're ridiculous. Oh my God, they make me sick. I love them though. They are so beautiful, I can't take them. They are beautiful. And the kids are pretty. Today is Chris Spencer's 53rd birthday. Oh, I got to uh, text him and say hey, happy birthday, Chris. You got, you're good. But everybody yes. trying to do like, oh, yeah, like you sorry, did. I'm back. Julie, he gave a great birthday for his wife, people. Nothing like it. I tried to get a dude oh. just to send me some flowers. <laughs> well, one day, David, one day. 
One day I was gonna take a lot of bullshit for them for that little birthday gift she got. Trust me. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, she she she, she built up a lot of a, a lot In of the middle got, oh, oh go ahead. Plus day. I I plan on waking up. You plan on what? <laughs> Tomorrow, and this whole house be empty where she didn't took everything <laughs> and left me in here. Oh, God, I'm yeah, when well, you work so much at all, I know you because you work so much. What do you have coming up? Do you have anything coming I up do. that you can promote? Well, pay for your internet. Yes, get a I, internet. Uh, <laughs> would you say what? I said maybe pay for a better internet because it keeps chop cutting off here, Kim. <laughs> I don't know why it's doing that. I while don't we, know why it's been perfect all this time. While we let uh, David's dial up catch up real quick, let's uh, we'll do <laughs> let's promote a black business, and uh, we've got dial up catch up. We're gonna real quick <laughs> look, and I have to talk so he can't immediately just shred me. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna show a quick promo for a podcast that Sherry and Kim are going on, and then we've got some support of black business music. So here's a quick video. You gotta have feet. It looked like a two. But if I turn it around, it could be a nine. Girl, that's some little feet. You can only play drums with feet this small. Oh, I could do a lot more stuff with boots this small. Oh, look at this. Oh, my God. That looked like a lot of fun. That looked great. That was fun. Sheila E's show on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. Go to YouTube and type in Sheila E. Me and Sherry were on there trying to take things from her. It was a lot of fun. No, our, our black business this week is uh, one, davidaarnold.com. That's where you should go. You can get t-shirts, oh! check out all kinds of different gear, have fun. You can uh, ogle David's photos from over the years. And I did see that Rodney Perry special. And I love Rodney. He's so funny, so nice. Uh, but yeah, we've got t-shirts. I think we have uh, a picture. What's the t-shirt say? What's that? Uh, pronounce that? Real damn. Quick. God damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your T-shirt. That's what life do to you sometimes. I feel it in my bones, man. DavidAarnold.com for our <laughs> black business this week. Support him. Yay. So dope. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, what were you saying, Dave? You had some things you wanted to promote. What's coming up for you? Uh, well, I have a, I'm currently producing and writing a show on Nickelodeon called Side Hustle that uh is aired now um it's a very funny show created by dave malkoff and i'm also creating an, another show that i'm myself nickelodeon as well called um uh that girl lately it's this little rapper that's on instagram she has like she's out of houston she has like 1.7 million followers she's about 11 12 years old full of personality and nickelodeon gave her a show and so i i wrote a, a I do with them producer me and Will Packer did this. So um it's what Will Packer Productions under Nickelodeon. So I'm literally doing that, getting ready to go into production. Can Josh will be on the show? Can Thank Josh you. That was my show. next question. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Absolutely he could be on the show. He sit his little ass down for more than two years. He one hundred percent could be on the show. If I could get him to walk from one spot to another, 
<laughs> without getting distracted, <laughs> I could one hundred percent put him on the show. You, You're yeah. right. So get start working on that right now. Um, and then I'm writing a pilot for Netflix for a comedian named DC Youngfly, who is mm -hmm. you know everybody knows from eighty five South, and DC is very funny dude. Uh, called me and we talked about an idea. I, I came up with a concept and pitched it to Netflix. And we're we're developing that. And then, as you know, and following in your footsteps, Kim Whitley, me and Julie and the girls have a development deal over at OWN on Oprah Winfrey's network. And I'm writing Yay. a pilot for that right now. Yeah, so I'm writing a pilot for, for that. And then um, lastly, Amazon. I sold a show with that Lena Waithe and Kevin Hart are producing a TV show based on my stand-up that's a starring vehicle for me on Amazon. So we're in the middle of meeting showrunners to write and we start, you know, the writer's room and that starts, uh, I guess they want to try to start it this month. So get out of here. You know, it's quite wow. a few things. Quite a, yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on, but I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm not complaining. I've been doing this 25 years, so it feels good to, f you know, finally be, you know, how long I've been doing this, Kim, you know, how long I've been trying to, and you deserve everything because you have been patient, sometimes bitter, yes. but patient. And now the bitterness <laughs> is going away. Just mad. No, Just I'm still mad. I was like, relax, David. It's coming. Patience. I don't But you deserve everything Patience. because you, you, you do. You have to believe. Okay. It's okay. True. Yep. I no, agree. you do have to believe. I agree. You do. You do have to believe. You gotta believe and you gotta keep working. And I'm, and I'm very excited about at the end of the year, 2021, in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, um, we will be filming my next Netflix special at the yeah. State Theater. So I'm very excited about doing that. And Kevin Hart and Lena Waithe uh, are producing that show as well. So I'm, you know, what? I'm Kevin excited. Hart Kim, and Lena Waithe. How y'all coming out the really fast? We didn't I, cut you out fast. It was a slow cutout. We did it slowly. We cut you out slowly. I'm gonna call Lena and I'm gonna be like, no, y'all can't cut because you wouldn't even know Lena if it wasn't for me. I'm attached. That's not true. Me and Lena, you me and Lena Wade used to I'm sleep attached. together before she switched to the other side. That's not true. Me and Lena used to sleep together before she slept went to the other side. No, That's not no, true. No, no. I'm about to bring her back. You, no, no, Don't no. You I, tell you're me, cutting, you're cutting out all your friends, ain't you, on your little deals? <laughs> you ain't shit for that. <laughs> That's a word Sorry. inside little joke. Inside, little inside joke. Not funny, though. All right. Hey, hey uh, Chris, let's read some comments and let's get on up out of here. All right. Listener comments. Uh, big shout out to Linnell. Everybody, including Sherry. Yeah. Uh, do we have a photo of Sherry? We got to make sure Sherry appears on her show. Uh, you you yes. like this, David? You were commenting oh, on the pre-show. Yeah, this is this is Sherry's picture when she worked at the post office right before she booked her last job. This is her. This is the picture that was on her badge. 
<laughs> just look great. like the one who got a bad <laughs> attitude at the customer service in Walmart. That's what that looked like. Oh my God. Kill me. How, that's how you know somebody's like truly just deeply funny. Whenever I'm like, wow, what a nice photo of Sherry. She'd appreciate that being on there. And David's got me grabbing my stomach. You, oh man, that's good. <laughs> Shout out to Linnell. Everybody adored her last week, and yes. uh, including Sherry. Everybody had a great time. So we'll have to get Linnell back on uh, again with the internet issues, Kim. Why do you have all these friends with the internet issues? I thought you guys were balling. I know. Uh, Linnell was great. Sorry about seeing people a hardwire so we can hardwire. It's not in the budget, David, so we're going to need you to step up. <laughs> it's not in the Too Funny Mama's budget. $15 connector. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, tr I'm trying to keep my job here, man. Come on. Uh, Marsha T. In the <laughs> islands. Uh, let's Yes, Marsha T. This is from YouTube. In the islands, uh, the Caribbean islands, we some... Uh, we some okay, sorry. We some make a never and dumplings in the morning for Christmas breakfast. And it's delicious, finger licking good. So, Chris, I get you. They need to try it before knocking it. Now, I think that's how it was read. That's why you was having problems. Now, now, see, if I read that in that accent, I no longer get to work on the show. So, yeah. I'm try canceled. It. I can't I'm even do it. I no. doubt I can. It'll, it'll sound like something like kind of Irish. Like, uh, well, I sounded Irish. <laughs> Call me now for your free reading. That's, that's <laughs> Call me now. Call me now for your free reading. I can't do it at all. Uh, and now I'm I'm done. Uh, so yeah, so she was backing me up on the liver dumplings. I guess in the Caribbean islands uh, that happens. Uh, Callie Sunbeam said she wouldn't watch if Lunell couldn't be herself. Lunell kept expressing that she was worried and she apologized for uh, being herself. No, everybody loved it. It was great. She. Uh, she let it fly, and David's doing the same today, so I'm so happy. Uh, Darletha Rhodes, we miss you, Sherry, but your girls held it down for you, all caps. Thank you, Darletha. Uh, oh, this is good. We don't have the video to play back for you, David, but you've been around Kim enough. Kim, pull your hair off your chin, please. It's bothering me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Look alive. Uh, no, she's not her from here. I'm falling asleep. Oh. Uh, real quick. Hang on, hang on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Micaiah Brown said, Chris said, Christmas come late. Sherry's going to get to all y'all. Kim <laughs> exposed herself last week on the show, uh, much like you did today, David. And I, uh, I definitely did. I called it out. I said, Christmas come late. So people were, oh, yeah. Lunell's funny without even trying. Shout out to Zex Tun. Michelle, uh, I'm here for Kim, Lunell, Chris, and all the delays. Jasmine, I think Kim and Chris should do it and then let us know what happened. That's explicit, guys. Uh, I'm I'm so here for Kim and Chris flirting. I didn't realize I picked out all these. Thanks, Cells, baby. You Mel picked out everything about you and me. Oh, weird. It's funny how that comes. Uh, yeah, happy Chris New Year to everyone. How Happy New Year to Kim Whitley, Sherry, and Lunell. Are you uh, Are you all going to celebrate? That's good stuff too. And here, let's finish with a serious one. Email from Tammy. Just want to say. Happy New Year and how much I enjoy the show. My son passed away from suicide this year and your or my son passed away from suicide and your show helped me through my hard times. Thank you for a great program. May everyone have a blessed 2021. Thank you again, a fan for life. So you all, David included, Sherry, you guys make people so happy. So I thought that was a very nice email. Thank that you for sharing that with nice. us, Tammy. Oh, that was great. Thank you, Chris. Hey, you all, I want to thank everybody for listening and joining us on YouTube also. Um, if you want to buy some of our uh, merchandise, go to buy 
jack.com, right, Chris? Slash two funny mamas. That's right. T-shirts, we got bags, all that stuff. And if you want we to have get it all. David's t-shirt, the David, the David Arnold.com, David A. Arnold.com. Good stuff. David A. Arnold.com. Thank you so much, David, for joining us. Uh, I love you, man. And I'll be in touch with you. Yes. Yeah. I love you too. Thank you guys. Thanks for that. You know what? Thank you so much. You've been, you've been a great guest. I mean, I love you so much. I almost can't leave. Vacuum dude probably slowing down. Now that Kim is gone, we can yeah. do a real All show. Right, let's so do the real anybody. show. <laughs> How many chicks you slept with, dude? <laughs> just turn it into just full on. Oh, look at wow. What is Kim doing? Oh my god. Dang, this Kim. Wow. There you go. She let us have it. Why is Kyle's hand in the in the middle? Shut of up. Shut Get up. your brother's hand out. <laughs> That was good. That's very funny. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Love you. Bye. David, go buy your bra. Go buy a bra for your titties. <laughs>
and some people get lucky and get that person. I mean, we'd be going through it now. Don't, you know, but I, I don't not know. And I'm not, not aware that she's the one that was supposed to definitely walk me through this. Cause I, you know, I, if I was her, I'd have left me a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. If I was her being me, I'd have left you a long time ago and sued your ass for mental anguish. Mental, hey, cause all these big, all these paid bills and this pool and all this happiness over here is just mental anguish. It's too much. Nobody should have to deal with this type of security <laughs> that you provide, David. So what? You want a little ass every once every six to eight weeks? So what? This you expect you expect some food that's not microwave? But the mental <laughs> anguish of having to do those things is too much. That's what I hear. <laughs> it is because you it, you just put so much extra on everything, David. As I know, I you know, know, but but I, I I could sit and watch you for hours on end do your stand up. The thing the, when I started watching you and you said marriage is like a cage match. The 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 thing comes down. Let the games begin. <laughs> I was on the floor at the way you described a marriage. Yeah, that's what it's like. Cause people don't get it. And I think that other people don't, what other people don't get is that we, everybody talks about marriage and they sell it inside. It's like selling a car. They talk about all, oh, you get 80 miles per gallon. They tell you all the great stuff. But what they don't say is, now, when the brakes go out, it's going to be 1,200. I just need you to know. Every brake pad going to cost you 1,200. Like, they don't give you none of the other side. It is like, I I love driving BMWs. That's just, that's not a brag. That's just what I like. But I also know that they cost. Yes. So you just have to have what you like, what you like, go into what you, but knowing it's going to cost you. And I don't like when people just talk about the one side, the new car smell, the leather seats and all the, all the functions right at your fingertips. All of those things cost. <laughs> and sometimes it costs mental anguish. <laughs> <laughs> no free lunches. Uh, Chris, I love David Arnold so much. Uh, he loves Julie, his his two daughters. I, I honestly can't wait for the sitcom of your life. Um, We're working on it. I, I, I really, I can't right wait now. to see it. Um, I hope I know you get you, to see it. I really do. You probably going to cast uh, Christina Milian to play your wife because that's what y'all That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what's so funny? This is what I can tell you this right now because you know I'm in, I am developing the show. We Actually, on Monday, we do the table read of the first three episodes. And Lena Waithe and Kevin Hart are the executive producers of the show. And we're very, they are very conscious about the type of woman that they cast opposite me. And... It's not, I can tell you, it's not, it's not going to be no shit that causes a whole bunch of conversation from the community. I can tell you that okay. right now. It ain't. All right. Because I, I just said I I want it to be authentic and I want it to be real. All right. Because I just knew I was talking about it with somebody and I said, I know Riri going to walk up and be like, honey. Rihanna is David Arnold's wife. Ain't this about a blessing? How did that happen? In right. Her first time, let me tell you but let me tell you, this is what you know. And this is real talk. And Cherry, you know this. And I'm learning this from producing this Nickelodeon show that I have on right now. 
it ain't just you doing your creative. You just got finished going through a whole development process as you went through your show. You have an idea that you have in your mind. And by the time you get that through the other end, to get it on the air to the people, the masses, 700 people's voices have touched that that journey. So now what you started with may not even be what ends up on screen because, hey, I mean, it it will come down to this. Uh, Yeah, we want to put your TV show on the air, but unless you want to use this actress, it ain't going to happen. Or that actor, it ain't going to happen. And then you do it and it ain't nothing you wanted. But it's like, and then you you get on TV and everybody cussing you out. (laughs) David, I had a show on Lifetime called Sherry. And yep, I, I wanted, and, and uh, it, it was a part where for Nisi Nash, who's my best friend, and yep. Nisi had to audition. She was so mad. She was like, I ain't never had to audition to play me. And That's crazy. she ended up not getting it. And they brought in the amazing Tammy Townsend, uh, who's now yep. on Queen Sugar, who played my yep. best friend. Then my husband, I wanted him to play, because you know my ex-husband won, ex-husband won. Yes. I wanted someone to play him who looked like him. And we casted, a, we casted an amazing person who looked like my husband. We did the pilot. And when I tell you 10 minutes into taping the pilot, I said, where the man that played my husband? He was gone. <laughs> the network said they wanted a name and someone more attractive. I was like, what? Wow. I, I wanted it to be, and let me tell you, and I'm not throwing shade. I think still at this day, my son looks like my husband. I think my son is the most attractive boy right, in the world. Right, right. But they wanted right. someone who had TV looks. So they fired him. Right. And I felt so bad because wow. he was so excited to book the role of playing my husband. And they brought in Malcolm Jamal Warner, who I loved. He was great. Right. And Malcolm, for the entire season, played my ex-husband who left me for the white girl. And it worked and it was just like, but it did. It it went through all of these. One day I was wearing hoops in my pilot. The third episode, I was like, where are my hoop earring? And they were like, "Um, well, you know, the network lifetime, you need to talk to the producers. And I'm an executive producer on the show. And I went and literally this is what they said, because lifetime was not in a lot of the black households. They said, the director, uh, executive producer said to me, Sherry, you have to ease your way into white households and hoop earrings suggest ethnicity. And I went, yeah, I'm black. Wow. And my he black said, face don't suggest ethnicity. The man playing my husband, the girl playing my best friend, the woman. And he said, Sherry, you have to, d- don't shoot the messenger but you have to earn your way into those households. And so you have to be a little bit safe. And I just was, I, it even down to hoop earrings. So you're right. It was an amazing show for the season we did it. I'm not complaining, but it, the things that I had to go to go through, even being executive producer of a show called Sherry, you're right. 700 people take apart everything and you have a vision that you start out with and I'm gonna let you take the floor. You know what? It's so funny because I'm learning that as I, <clears throat> I'm a showrunner for the show at Nickelodeon that I created. What's it's the name a of fantastic the show. show. The show the is called that girl. The show is called that girl. Lele. It'll premiere September 23rd. 
Um, we are almost done with the first 13. And it's based on a little rapper out of Houston. She's an Instagram like sensation. She's fantastic. We um, The concept is there's another girl we got. Her name is Gabby Nevae Green. She's from a TV show called All That that they rebooted on Nickelodeon. Yes. Super talented. She plays a little introverted girl who has an affirmation app that she's friends with in her cell phone that she wish came to life. And that app through a, a, you know, a, a star, a wish upon a star, comes out of her phone and comes to life. And that person that comes to life is that girl, Lele. And it's like these two little teenage girls going through life together and all these adventures, you know what I mean? It's the extrovert pulling the introvert out of her shell and the introvert showing the extrovert there's ways that you can't just be all out there. You got to learn how to be out in the world. And it's fantastic. It's Will Packer called me last year and asked me to create this show. They sent me one paragraph and I created this whole world and we're on this journey and it's fantastic. But one of the things, and it's, I'm very excited. My daughter, Anna Grace is one of the reoccurring characters on the show. And mm. it's just, it's really dope to watch these. It's the first time that Nickelodeon has had two little black, two little girls of color. You know, two little black girls that are lead on a show and the show itself, it's all, it's, it's a lot of fun. But as I go through the creation and the production of the show, you have all of these people chiming in on what they think, you know, what we think Sadie, that's, which is the, one of the characters names, what she should be wearing and all of the, and you have all these people who it's, they're now speaking for a brand. They're speaking for the network. Now they have to find where the brand of the network meets up against what your vision for the show was. And where and, and at the end of the day, 95% of the time, they're going to get what they want because they're cutting the check. They just try to slow talk you into agreeing with them. Oh, you like blue? Oh, we were thinking green. We what do you think about green? I, I mean blues, but it's crazy. It, it, I hate it. But it, it is a necessary part of running a show. That is what you have to deal yeah, with. And, and still yes. your, your, your vision is coming through, but it, it, you yes. know, to the listeners and the viewers, it really, y'all don't understand. I did a, a pilot with Jenny McCarthy and Deborah. Oh, geez. Who was the woman on everybody loves Raymond? And, and, um, she played his wife. I, I forget her name, but y'all know who she is. She played his wife and she had a successful sitcom after that on ABC by herself. And Deborah so it Barone. was all three of us. And what was her name, Chris? Deborah Barone. Deborah Barone, but what's her real name? That's her name. Oh, Patricia, no, her, Patricia Heaton, sorry. Patricia Heaton. I don't know how it to, was, I don't, I don't know how she to was use the Deborah internet. Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond. She yes. was Deborah, Deborah Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond. And it was a pilot with uh, Jenny McCarthy, me and, and Patricia Heaton. We were all uh, women who had kids in this elementary school and I was the principal. And everything was going great. And we decided to, this is what I didn't know about, you, you have to go through the network with everything. We all decided they what? had a scene we were in Kmart one night and we all decided to change our hair. I had came in braids. Patricia Heaton had dyed her hair. Jenny McCarthy had her hair brown instead of blonde. When I tell you the they network ushered it. all three of us in a trailer and lost their flipping minds. And we didn't real, we didn't know. We thought it's our hair. We want to, 
Then all of a sudden we had to change their, our outfit, our wardrobe network didn't, everything has to be run by them. And I said, I just got my hair braided. And they were like, take it out. Mm. So yep, because you playing mean, a character, you're not playing Sherry. I thought the character was that. I'd want to say to you, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so like, this is such a, it, oh, it's wow, like, uh, I feel everybody that loves you is so excited for you and the success that is coming to you. Cause you've been in the business. How long working hard? Um, probably 28 years, 28 years. And, 20, and I yeah. think. When people yeah. hear this, because you, you see TikTok and you hear about these TikTok people who go viral and all of a sudden they're a success. A lot of times they crash and burn because they haven't been right. through it and they haven't built up a, 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 yeah. a hard shell. So to know that you've been in this business 28 years, you're finally, you have a sitcom on Nickelodeon that also you got to, I don't even know if I could talk about that, but a double deal with even another network. You got a merchandising deal where yeah. these two little girls are going to become dolls in the stores. Yes, they and, do. They have a huge, yeah, they have huge deals. Yeah. And so all of this is happening and you're developing your own show with Lena Waithe yes. and Kevin Hart, two big heavyweights about your life that we watch on video every day. It just, <laughs> it, we live vicariously through you and truly am so proud. And I, I'm so excited to see where the success of both of these shows that even if you had Rihanna as your wife, I'm still excited. <laughs> I would be excited too. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I know you the, I don't see the problem with it. be excited. But let me tell you who gonna stop Rihanna yeah, from being your she, wife, a woman named Julie Arnold. That's when Julie <laughs> Arnold would be calling the network going, I need to have a Zoom so meeting. Funny. You know, it's so funny. I think we at that place too now where she like, listen, do whatever you got to do. If Rihanna want to run off with you, then go. Go. <laughs> see if she like picking like, up your nasty drawers. Yeah, see if she like, see how long she take you being who you are. That's the that's what we both remind each other every time we think we want to leave. We remind each other who the other person is. I say, go on out there, Julie. Go see if you can do that kind of uh, you know what you do in out there like you do in here. They don't, they ain't having it like that in these streets. You got to come <laughs> with it. You got to put in time. If you going out and there ain't no little three minutes, hurry up. I, so I can go to sleep. Ain't none of that out in the streets. No, no. So you <laughs> and tell Julie, I co-sign on that. You can't look at Avenue streets today. You can't look at no man and go, uh, uh, I don't do that. I don't do that. Uh, uh, no, no then you need to go on back where you came from. If that's where, if that's what's happening. And tell Julie, especially no, at this we, age. I'm very you, excited. At this age, you got to have all the selling points <laughs> you, you can get on this car. That you ain't, woo, exactly. Yeah, because now you selling a car different. Now listen, that left back window don't go up like it used to. But I can get it up. I know somebody who knows somebody. I'll still get you there. <laughs> I literally am selling my Mercedes. I sell my Mercedes, David, to men now. I'm like, this is a classic right here. Now you can't ride it all over the place. <laughs> but when you want to go somewhere special this and have people Sunday go, only. it's a Sunday only and you can go to church. <laughs> now the windows may roll down slow, but you look like you got swag when they roll. You may hear a couple bumps wow, under the hood. That's a great bit. You got it. Really? 
Okay, which I don't know. I just That's asked David. That's a great bit. You need to do that. On stage? Okay, I will do it. Thank it you, David. Very good. Yeah. Well, Chris, people don't know, and I want people to know, this is why I love Hey David Arnold, because he's so, he's so, he's, it's, this is the worst time to get a David Arnold, because he's rich now, because he's successful and he got heat on him, because everybody in Hollywood knows David Arnold's name. This he is why it's he, know, he knows it, too. He's cute and, and he, knows he knows it. Right, yeah. Okay. You always you know, want the unassuming David, person. Yeah. David Arnold reveled in the term narcissistic. He, he grins like a donkey when you call him that. And this is why it's such a bad time to know David Arnold, because you can't get help like you used to. When David Arnold was broke and he was unhappy, he was willing to help everybody. Now you ask David Arnold, I sent a text to David Arnold yesterday <laughs> in the hope, because I need somebody to help me with my jokes and write it. So I sent a text, you know, I didn't say, David, can you help me? I sent a text and I said, David, I'm trying to get my material together. If you know somebody you can refer me to. And he was like, well, what you need to do is if you see a comic that you like, just go and find one. And I'm sitting here going, well, I really need you, Dave, because that's what you do. And I said, well, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, hoping that the name Jerry Shepard would resonate. You know what's so funny? <laughs> what's funny, David? What's funny? It's, I, this is what's funny. That I, she, you, everything you're saying is true. I I have been helping I've with my stand-up class, which I've helped hundreds of comedians. I will always help anybody. Like, 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 let me tell you the best way for me and you to do that. For us to go and do some shows together. And while we're out working, then or when we in the clubs together. And I'm like, yeah. Sherry, let's do this. Let's talk about it. like same way I've done with Kim, same exact way. But I have finally gotten to a place in it that I can, I need to focus on me because like I'm getting ready to film this next Netflix special. I need it to be good. I need yeah. it to be, this might be it. This might be the last one. You don't never know. I could, you know, I could film it in get hit by a bus on my way home after or after I get finished filming. You know what I mean? Like you don't never, you know, and this is the, this is the God's honest truth. I'm at that place where I feel it's not, I don't feel old, but I know that every day it's has not. to count because I've been doing this for so long, you know? And it's like, now that I have these opportunities, I'm trying to make the best of them. And my daughters are very aware now of me, which they were not before. Right. They're aware and annoyed at the fact that this dude is successful. Like people, we were out eating last night. Somebody came up to take a picture. My daughter looked at me and rolled her eyes like, who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you need because that though, David. You know, huh? You need that. I need them to see what success looks like when you can look like if you don't quit. I need yes. them to see what drive looks like, determination. And while I think they're not listening and paying attention because every time I talk to them, they are tick tocking. Uh, I believe that some of it is sinking in. <clears throat> and I just, I'm just really focused on trying to take advantage of these low opportunities that I have. Cause it took, in my mind, I go, oh, it took 23 years to get these real swings at the bat. It could take another, I ain't got 23 more to wait again. 
Yeah, you know, in all seriousness, you are absolutely right. And I, I commend you for being able to say no, because you have to focus on what on you. This is so important what you're about to do and then you, what you're embarking on. Like when as we get older, we, we don't have a bunch of slices of the pie to give away. Right. We have less time. Right. You do have to make everything count. I say no so easy now. That's what we get on Kim about. We got to talk about our friend. Yeah. Because Kim is yes. one... She does not say no. And I get on Kim. I got on Kim yesterday, David, because Kim likes to control everything. And so she won't say yes. no. She was her answer yes. automatically is yes. And I told Kim, I said, You we we're at this age where we can't Kim, we don't have enough to burn candles at both ends. And somehow you burn candles at the sides. And candle don't even have a side to burn. But That's you do hilarious. it from the back and the front and the sides. And she said, I know, I know. And I said, you got to be now focused because every moment has to count because we don't have the time. We, we can't TikTok like these, the little young ones. We don't have the energy to be TikToking right. and doing these amazing sketches that everybody on Instagram does. I don't know how you produce Not so many constantly. damn videos. You, you know why? Because it's my, because I'm not creating an alternate universe to create this content that I'm doing. Like it's literally in the everything that people see on me on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok is really when you see me in there ranting about the refrigerator or about the I was walking in there and it was about to happen anyway. So I might as well go on and turn the camera on and share. I, like I told Julie when I started doing those videos two and a half years ago, I said, I need the world to see what I'm going through in here. I shouldn't have to go through this by myself. <laughs> and it's been, and it's been working. Like I don't create, I don't create a lot of stuff that's off of my real timeline. So I don't feel like it's a lot of energy as it is to people who like, create a whole, you know, there's people who got, they got shows, they, the you know, Tony Baker. I mean, this dude got 2 million followers, but it's, I, I was talking, know. it's a grind. It's a monster to feed that social media monster. It's, yes. it's exhausting. It is. And you're constantly under the pressure to put out new content. Cause you know, you have people on Instagram, when you say create alternative worlds, like they got to rent out spaces, they got costumes, they got a script going on. It's exhausting. Yep. The, yep. the final product looks amazing, but it is yes. a full-time job. And a lot of these yeah. TikTokers and Instagram people, they don't have families to take care of and children. So right. it's a little exactly. bit hard. Exactly. I get the biggest, and I know yes. you, I get, the, I get the biggest hits on social media when it's Jeffrey and I, when I do something simple, I was so excited that he brought me breakfast and I, and I filmed it to show people how God, my son loves me. And I said, Jeffrey, I'm so excited. You brought me breakfast and he goes on camera. It, it wasn't me. It was uh Minier had me make, he made me make it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a video gone wrong, but do you understand? Literally, I had probably 250,000 views. I had 1,900 comments because that's what people could relate to. They're teenagers giving them shit. Yep, and that's true. And that's why if you capture that real stuff, it really resonates with people. Like really, yeah. that's I think that's one of the reasons why our stuff does so well because it's, and I'm not trying, that's another thing. I'm. I'm good being in my lane. 
I'm 52. I'm a father. I got two teenage daughters and I've been married for 18 years. I'm not trying to act like I'm something that I'm not. I'm struggling to stay in shape and not eat all this cake. That's what it is. Okay. It ain't going to be nothing else. It ain't going ain't gonna to be no pictures with my shirt off standing on a Mercedes. Ain't none of that happening. You understand? The best you're going to get is a fitted shirt with me outside <laughs> sweeping up the porch where this dog been uh, tearing up shit. That's what it's going to be. And I think I catch and I relate to way more people yeah. being who I am than trying to be somebody else. Because everybody coming this way. Everybody going to get their chance at this little role I'm playing. If you're successful enough and lucky enough, you're going to get a chance to do this same exact thing. So go on out there and be cool and tick and talk <laughs> and do all your shit. But you coming this way. <laughs> That's right. Because I ain't now, seen you dancing with your girls. They don't let you dance with them on TikTok. Yeah, I actually, I know. I do it all the time. Ashlyn posted one the other day. I'm terrible. I'm good and terrible. <laughs> well, I remember they, you they pick it up so quick. They I'm do. terrible. I don't I'm, understand. I'm, and it's always, it's a new TikTok coming out every damn day. It's a new challenge. No, no. I just got one minute. challenge. <laughs> David, literally, I just did one challenge. And Kim's uh, niece, Hannah, she said, Auntie Sherry, that's been over a year ago. Like, nobody's going to watch that. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, let me do that. Uh, the one where they do the red, you know, where you do one thing and all of a sudden it's red and I'm naked, silhouette. And she goes, they don't do that anymore. Auntie. And, so, and I go, what? Well, damn it. I don't understand. You got to do you know, it that day. By the time you see it, it's almost over. It just takes so yeah. much energy. Look, I'm going to jump to another because you know I'll be forgetting what I want to talk about. There's so much stuff I want to ask right, you. Let's do it. My glam team, and I called you before, it, it, it excites me that my glam team is so in love with you. My assistant, my publicist, my makeup artist, my stylist, and my hair person, and then the camera girl for Dish. They are all, they watch your videos. They say different things that you say. And so it really, I get a little pride going, well, let me call David right now and see what he um. And I'll be praying, please let this man answer the phone because they think that I got it like that with David. Um, please, and you always, thank you for answering my call every time I call you in the morning. So one day they were sitting there and they was like, we got to get that caffeinated stroke. I didn't know what they was talking about. I did, so, and you say it, explain caffeinated stroke. So I can finish this, this is story. a perfect time for y'all to play that video in the, in this segment. So everybody can be in on this joke. Okay. So you have to send it Instagram. to Chris. Okay, okay. I'll send it to Chris so you can, so you can play it, Chris. It's a joke that I did on Instagram, you know, like a year ago where Julie had promised, you know, promised to get, we was going to get it in. And she went downstairs. She always do that. Yeah, I'm going to be up in 10 minutes. And I look up and it'd be three hours. I'm like, oh, you think I didn't fell asleep up here, huh? Nope, I didn't, I didn't drink 12 cups of coffee. And I'm, and I'm waiting on that ass because she going to get this caffeinated stroke. That's what's going on. <laughs> Ladies, don't make promises if you ain't going to keep them. My wife promised me some ass tonight, but she thinks I forgot. <laughs> no. Now she downstairs trying to outweigh me in hopes that I fall asleep. God damn. What she don't know is I've drank 12 cups of coffee. So I'm going to be waiting for that ass. And when she finally gets here, she gonna get this caffeinated stroke. Yeah, yeah. It was the most ridiculous thing that I had ever said that come out of my mouth. I was like, I can't believe I just said caffeinated stroke and it went viral. 
it went viral. And I told yeah. you, you needed to make a t-shirt and a dang tr a gone trucker's hat because everybody in my household says, you gonna get this caffeinated stroke. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Hit us up, David. We, we'll, we'll get your merch store launched tomorrow. David ain't gonna so let us do <laughs> I, I'm writing that down right now so I can tell this story on stage and make this a part of the special. You do, and your in your merchandise put your face on it. Either that's got to be a bubble out of coming out of your head, going you gonna get this caffeinated stroke. Like your face has to be on the t-shirt and the hat. It gotta, has to. He's got to be smirking, and he's got to have a cup of he's got to have a cup of coffee in the other hand. Yes. And it's, it's just so funny. And so I said, well, <laughs> so this is what I wanted to ask you because my glam team, they're all women. They said, you know, David mm -hmm. is like, he's so sexy. And I was like, what? I didn't know you too long. I didn't see you without a shirt. I didn't, you know, I, me and Kim to sing you, you know? And I said, what sexy, what? And they were like, he's so sexy and um I, I wonder if the women be running after david and i said well i'm gonna call him and ask and they were like you can call david right now and i was like please because <laughs> my reputation is the stake they think i know all these people and david was like what do you want and I said, david, what do you want and i said david do women come after you and you said something like well just because you had to ask me you know they do <laughs> David, why do women you have a certain level of sexiness now? I see it when I go to the clubs and I'll be watching you. What is it about you that women are attracted to now? My family. <laughs> Who I am. My the the success what they what they think they see. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's, I think women, especially women of a certain age, women who are yeah. 35 and over are attracted to things that become important to women that are 35 and over, which is a man who knows how to take care of his family, a man who, you know, does what he's supposed, you know, like I'm a, I'm a great dad. I take care of my daughters. I make sure my wife has everything that she needs. She ain't got to ask for nothing, you know? And I think those qualities, you know, and you know, I'm, I got money. I'm, 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 I'm successful. And women, those are important qualities to women 35 and over. Women 30 and under, they like the chain, the car, the six pack, the, all that. They love all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I think that's the thing that I think it's my, it's, it's who I am and you know, what they see me be on Instagram. Cause what they see me be on Instagram is a funny shit talking dad and father and husband. And I think that's what they like. And they would be right. I am very sexy when it comes. To <laughs> I don't know why I laugh hysterically when you say it like that. It makes me laugh. I've known you too, daggone long. What these women don't know who be trying to get at you at the clubs is they don't know you neurotic as hell. They don't know you get irritated. About my work. About my work. Yes. David. 
Okay, let's not, yeah. let's be real. You get mad and you did a video, if somebody, you talked about on stage, when your family member kept taking the ice out of the ice machine from your refrigerator, you get upset. Well, yeah, when that's, people... dis well, that's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, who the hell does that? Who comes to somebody's house and switches up the whole ice system and then uses all the damn ice? <laughs> like, don't, this, I, this ain't the place you visited. <laughs> <laughs> you get upset when we been, we were on the road one time we were all in jacksonville florida kim and you because you were on tour with kim uh it was called he say she say and you guys uh -huh. were on tour and i was at another comedy club so i came and saw y'all one night you guys came and saw me the other night at the other club remember that. you get upset it well i get upset too when kim running late you lose your oh shit. my god Oh my God, it's nothing worse. She's so slow. I never met <laughs> nobody who moves the, the slow, like there's no sense of urgency. There's no, no, that just, oh. And I deal with that every time I leave this house with my daughters and my wife now, because now I got three girls in the mirror trying to make, you know what I mean? You got to tell them two hours before we go in someplace. You can't just be like, hey, I'm about to go. I'm leaving in 20 minutes. They never going to make it. And I just wears me down. It's like, just come on. And you yes, know, David, you're right. I'm a little neurotic. Do you understand though? Let me explain this to you, David. Do you understand? We are trying to get in the mirror. We're trying to look the best that we can for you and for the world. And sometimes that takes a little bit longer because all you doing is washing your hair. You washing the underside of your balls between your balls and your penis, just that right. area. You put That's on right. one shirt, you sniff your shirt to make sure it smells okay, and you put your clothes on and you're ready to go. So you get irritated yep. at us, and we're just trying to make it so that you can look at uh, us and go, this is my family. Yes, so that is true. That is true. There's times when they time. come, but here's the thing. There's times when these three come downstairs, and I'm like, all of y'all go upstairs and try again. I've worked way <laughs> too hard. <laughs> Like that is, how, so you're right, you ain't lying. How you dealing with, because I have a teenage son, we had our children, uh, your your oldest is Anna Grace, right? Yep, Anna Grace. Mm -hmm. I had Jeffrey at the same, around the same time as Anna Grace. Julie and I were pregnant yeah. at the same yeah. time. Jeffrey yep. wants nothing to do with me. He hates pe when people say to him, oh, you're Sherry's son. He hates it, sends him through the roof. He doesn't yeah. even want to do, he's funny as heck. He wants nothing to do with being funny. Okay, so how are your teenage daughters? How, what are you dealing with as a father? As a dad, I'm dealing with, Anna Grace is 16, she go upstairs and close that door. And, you know, and she'd be on the, on the, on the phone, FaceTime, and then you know, she's become really good friends with the cast from my show because they're all the same age, and Ashlyn has too. And Anna Grace is just very to herself. She's a loner. She will be up there reading a book. She'll be up there watching 80s movies. And I'll, I, but I, this is what I do. I make it a point to always, first thing I do when I walk upstairs in my house, I go straight to her room and open the door. I walks right in. I'm not knocking. I'm never going to knock. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Because she's a girl. That's not true. I will yes. hit the door and then make sure she's, you know, and then I will come in and I will always come in there and sit on the bed, lay on the bed. And she'd be like, dad, I'm, 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 I'm FaceTiming. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, 
I'm coming here to, I need you to, I need you to know that I'm here, that I see you, that I love you. And I'm, and I'm seeing, I stick my face in the camera of whoever she talking to. Cause I want her to know that I'm right here. She have an attitude. I'm getting better at understanding that her, what I call attitude is an emotional immaturity that does not have the ability to adapt to the things that she's feeling coming at her. My wife has helped me realize that. We got into an argument about a month and a half ago, like one, like one of the last real, you know, and we didn't talk for three days and it was eating mm. me up. And then we finally talked. And in the middle of the argument, she started to cry and she said, dad, you hurt me so bad. Oh. And it crushed me. And I've never felt that in my life. And um, I didn't want to be that person. So I realized that it's my job to adapt so I can be who I need to be for her because I only got a little bit of time to make sure my daughter knows who we are and who she is and what I think about her. And so our relationship is really good. Anna Grace is very much like me, you know? Mm -hmm. And Ashlyn is just, she's like the opposite, but the same. She's very strong-willed. If I get into it with her, if I get in her face, she'll get right back in my face. She'd be like, you don't tell me. I know I'm, you, this is my body. I can, you don't have to, man, I'm not changing my shirt because a man, like she's, Oh, Ashlyn is fire. Ashlyn is fire. She's funny. Both of them are funny. They're just two different people, but you can tell they come from the same base of me and Judy. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm at that stage where I'm open to learning from them. And I'm not trying mm. to push what I think they should be or how they should be because it's what I think and where I was and what I was doing and how I was raised was 30 plus years ago. Right. That ain't, that ain't it. That ain't the way no more. It ain't nothing the way, nothing that 30 years ago is the way, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it has its challenges, but I'm open to allowing it to make me a better person and dad and man. And I'm hoping that what I'm trying to do eventually will give them the foundation to be good women. You know what I mean? And good people. So that's it's my funny. answer to my babies. It's funny because being a, a single mother with a teenage son, like yes. I, I, I had to stop busting in Jeffrey's room because I'm used to walking in his room. He put a sign yes. on the door that says, please knock and wait for me to answer. Because right. he's going through something now, David, where he's like, yeah. I can't walk in his room. I might see something yes. I don't want to see. That's right. Don't don't he's do in it. The bathroom with the shower running. For, my water bill is insane <laughs> because he's in the bathroom so long with the shower running. And then he, he grown would tell up me in there. He growing up, like literally growing up. Like <laughs> it's growing yes. up. And um, oh boy. he he will say to me, I'm going to the bathroom. And I said, why do you tell me you're going to the bathroom? He goes, because I don't want you to disturb me. 
And he looked at me like that. And I was like, okay, all right. And it literally, men had to tell me, Sherry, because I said, I, I was telling the people on a uh, Mystery Glacier set. I said, he in the bathroom, yeah. what is he doing? And they said, uh, uh, Gabe said, just leave lotion on his dresser. Don't no. say nothing. <laughs> and I said, but then he won't know what to do with it. I'm going to take him to Whole Foods and talk to him about scented, unscented, thin. He said, don't do none of that. Just leave a bottle of lotion. And beat it. <laughs> and then, literally and beat it and, and and my prayer for my son always to god is show me how to be the mother that he needs me to be because yeah. he's i understand he's so uh we're so combative because he's trying to find his way as a man and yep. i am like he wants to move to new york because he's like anything to get away from you nobody else you <laughs> Do you understand how much that like it hurts my feet? He don't um he don't want people to know I'm his mother. He hates when people say, I love your mom. Like he it drives him insane. And I have to sit and just go, he's trying to find his way. So he That's asked right. me nothing. He it said he has to do, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Sorry. That's okay. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying not to take it personally because he said, please stop posting me. I don't want to be in none of your videos. And I go, but that's how I get followers. Like we like right. Desi and Lucy, <laughs> like Jeffrey, everybody knows about you. And if I don't, this is how I get likes, hundreds of thousands of, and people branding right. him. He's like, I don't want to be a part of it. And I have to respect that. Yeah. He didn't yeah, ask yeah. for this. Yeah. I've gotten yeah. lucky. My kids have not, my kids have not, I've gotten lucky. They they fall like they just fall right into being who they are when they see that camera come on. And they are they are amazing and they're beautiful. And oh, I want to and I know I have limit very limited time with you and I'm so thankful that you decided to say yes to because you always course. say no to me. You say no to me with everything else, but this one you say <laughs> yes. This is actually the first day that I've been home. From you guys like, went to Hawaii. We were in Maui last week. We took a week off even, and I tried not to work, but I did. Cause when you got a show in production and you the showrunner, you still be working. So I did, I just did it from five in the morning until they woke up, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yes, this is the first time that uh, I've been home. And I've so you a have a lot of time. work to do. You got a lot of work to do cause you're home for this first day. So I'm gonna move on. I want to talk about the relationship that you and Kim Whitley have together. Because you went out for two years, I believe, on your He Say, She Say tour. You both are from Four. Cleveland. Four mm -hmm. years y'all were out on He Say, uh -huh. She Say. And you yeah. and you dealt with Kim. You know Kim better than anybody from that perspective. Yeah. I want you to, because people always say I get on Kim. Why are you so mean to Kim? Why you don't let Kim talk? And they don't understand because Kim will put her feet in front of the camera and start picking her toenails. Like, <laughs> and so I have become the straight person because I'm as crazy too. But to corral Kim, so I want you to explain your relationship with Kim Whitley, who we both love. Oh man, Kim, <clears throat> I've known Kim for a long time. I met Kim when I first came out here and I started trying to, I started trying, I started doing stand up, and I was trying to get in every club that I could get in. You know, and Kim had a club a night at called Whacked Out Wednesdays at the Ha Ha Cafe. And I wanted to get on that stage. I mean, it was a hot night. Eddie Murphy, anybody was a star would come in there. I just wanted to be wherever it felt like heat was at and I could be seen. And she and Buddy Lewis ran that club. And when I saw Kim, Kim immediately 
was like, well, what you gonna do for me? You know what I mean? And <laughs> I was like, I just, I just want to get on stage. I mean, I don't. What, what, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> and Kim wanted to, Kim wanted to go out. She wanted to, you know. And I agreed to go out. And then when, by the, between the five or six days that from when I agreed to when we were supposed to go out, I changed my mind. And I was like, I can't do it. It was, I was thinking about it every day. And I was like, if I do this, I know what's going to happen. And then there's going to be this space in my comedy world that I cannot, prob I'm probably not going to be able to occupy because I've decided to, you know, uh, break Kim off and, 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 and knock her out her wig. And I didn't want to do that. That's what was going to happen. And so I, I, I declined and didn't come. And of course you didn't. Literally. Literally. I did not. I did not. I, I did not literally on all levels. I was like, I passed. Uh, and so we had this little, you know, oh, he, you too good to, you know, this little playful thing, but I was doing stand up and I was always performing and I was always around Kim. And then Kim noticed me as a comedian because of her parents. Kim, I was on stage performing one night and Kim's parents were in there. And Kim said that she saw her parents bent over laughing like she had never seen them laugh before. And she couldn't understand why, because they had seen all the big stars that she's had in there on stage. And she's like, it ain't nobody here tonight to have her laughing like that. Now, what you don't know is you are a part of that story. You me? are, yeah, because oh, let me wow. tell you why. Let me tell you what happened. It was, it was at that second club that they moved to after HaHa. Ha. Uh, what was that place? Sarah's? Was it Sarah's? Yes. Yeah, Sarah's. something like that. Yeah. That night I was getting ready to go on stage. It was probably 13, 17 people in that room. And you were going on before me and just went through the stuff with your husband, your first husband. And, and you went on stage and went in on one of the realest sets that I had ever seen. It was so real. It was so good that it made me change my set. Cause I was about to go up and do all my, all my, you know, whatever was, whatever autopilot brought you, they got laughs, you know what I mean? But you did this, this set that was so real about the man and the other woman and how you were processing it in. And it just made me go, Oh shit, we being real today. I can't come up here with jokes about McDonald's and you know, have you ever, you know what I mean? Like, and it, so I changed and I did some of my material about coming up and my stepfather and my family and Kim's parents were in the audience and that's, they were bent over dying. Kim came, Kim came in and sat next to them and watched me. That was the moment she saw me, saw me. Mm. And we became, we started talking on a different level. And after a while, you know, Kim is, Kim is a chameleon. Everybody can get with Kim and she can morph into a situation to where she makes everybody around her comfortable, yeah. makes you feel good. You love being around her. You know what I mean? And we were so good with our back and forth, like her and buddy were. The difference was I started putting a plan together. I'm like you, you all this stuff. I see you and Kim doing, I know who doing everything. I know who's <laughs> driving all the, trust me. I, Cause I was that person. I put together the show 
and I said, we should go out and yada, yada, yada. And then she wanted to work on the standup. And at that time I needed a name to even get me in the clubs because these clubs were not interested in me. So I came up with that idea that he said, she said thing. And we put it together and we went out on the road and it's, and when I tell you, comedians are very selfish. We love being on stage by ourselves. We love all the attention. We love all the laughs. We don't need you to get laughs. But when I'm on stage with Kim, I don't feel like I'm losing anything. I feel like it's, it's a compliment to the things I do. And we never rarely rehearsed anything. We would yeah. just go up there and be, and I would go places that would make her uncomfortable, which means off script of other stories that we've told in the past. I, I would see her try to set us up to tell a story that we've told and I would ignore it and go in a completely different direction just so she would have to stay on her toes. But mm. we had a great time. I mean, I, I would, I'm, I want to do it again. I'm at this place right now in my career where David has to, you know, I'm getting ready to go on tour. And so I got to do what I got to do because Kim's engine was the one engine driving our boat. Like I would go to on the road with Kim and they didn't even, some people thought I was the security. We would go to do radio and they would be like, uh, I, and I wouldn't even have a mic. It was, he said, <laughs> she said, both our pictures is on the flyer. They'd be like, some places to try, like nobody acknowledged me ever until after they saw me on stage, but before mm -hmm. or never. And so I realized I need to get stronger, more of a draw, bigger, more of a name so that I can bring something to this thing like Kim is doing. Cause it was Kim's celebrity driving the boat and nobody yeah. knew that I was the organization behind it. But Kim is my, Kim is my sister. I love her dearly. Like I love that girl. You know what I mean? And after so many weeks go by and I don't hear from her, I can feel it, you know? And I'm like, I need to hear from you, you know? And she's my sister. I'm proud of all the stuff she's done. I love her heart. We got into it a few, a couple of months ago. Cause I didn't do a show that she wanted me to do. I know she's so and mad. I, at you. She's so mad at me and so angry. And when I sat back after I talked to her, cause she came and did my show and we sat in her dressing room and talked <clears throat> and I didn't think about it from her position. And when I thought about it from her position, I went, okay, I was wrong. And I apologize. And, and she called and she called me to do another show. And I said, Absolutely. And my and my agents were like, but she, I said, I don't care. Say yes, make the deal so I can come and do the show. You know what I mean? And you're, and, and, and I've learned a lot from her. I've learned so much from her and you don't get a lot of friends in this business. You do not. You get a lot of associates. You get a lot of people to stand on the red carpet and we can both pretend that we're important together. Like we get all of that. That's, that's a dime a dozen. But like people who I feel like would be my, I think about like who would be my friend if I decided to go back and be a nurse again. And I never was a stand-up ever again. She felt, I feel like Kim would be one of the people that would still come over and say, what you doing? I would be your friend if you decided to be a nurse again, because I know then that we could be in a relationship and you would take all my money. That is true. That's 100% yeah. true. I yeah, would 100%. I'd be like, he need me. He need me. I, he need me. <laughs> exactly. I, you ain't lying. <laughs> I go I, back to I, being a nurse. <laughs> I, I, 
I just want to ask you two more things because you're so That's amazing, fine. David. But I, I, I so appreciate you, you coming on. Um, the one thing was, um, um, I did, and we love Kim, and that's what, and and there's such that's such an an amazing story about Kim because people don't get to see that side of Kim. They see the crazy side of Kim, but Kim mm. is literally Kim is a friend to the end. I'm gonna tell you a very quick story about how how I had to. It was when Ricky Harris died. Remember? Oh and, yeah, I remember that. And I had gone to his funeral, and it was fighting. It broke out about Snoop Dogg, and I periscoped it because I got scared, and it was just a mess because people thought that I had sold the footage to TMZ. I had to explain to the family that, you know, TMZ follows celebrities. So I'd never sold anything, but I went to a comedy club where it was a big fundraiser for Ricky Harris. And the, the, the tension was palpable because so many folks thought that I had sold footage. It was just horrible. So I was on stage doing stand up. Nobody was laughing and I was determined to stand my ground. And a man right. confronted me on the stage, like literally confronted me on the stage. It was terrible. The MC came out, went off, got him seated. And I was so upset. And I stood at the edge of the stage and I said, Sherry, you can't cry. You, you can't cry. And all I saw was this woman with blonde hair. You know, Kim used to wear that platinum blonde hair. She came from the back of the club to the front and she stood at the edge of that stage. And she said, I'm scared as shit, but I'm not leaving you. And I looked at her and she made me laugh. And she said, I'm not going to leave you here. And I don't want to be here. And Kim stood there in defiance. And I'm going, what, Kim, you got a bad back. You got to sit. What are you going to do? Like, but in that moment, I said, that's my friend yep. who has my back no matter what with that platinum blog winner. And she stood there ready to take on that entire club of people who yep. I was bombing in front of. And I will always appreciate her friendship, which is why we care so much and we be getting on her to slow down. And I yes. mean, she was mad at me. Cause she said, you, she said, you're doing a show with David Arnold on our podcast. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we're doing it tomorrow morning, Kim, and she was silent. She said, are you doing it from my house? And I said, no, because I want you to rest. And she went, I could do the podcast. And I wouldn't let her. <laughs> I said, no, you already had David to yourself. It's my turn. You are not allowed. And I said, and I said this morning, I swear to God, if Chris let that girl break in, everybody getting fired. Because that's what I knew was going to happen. I said, Kim going to break in this damn podcast. She watching right now. She watching this right now. Hello, Kim. I need you to know that I'm always right here. You understand? <laughs> we love her. Okay, so now I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch gears. Um, I was telling you earlier. I was at a comedy club yesterday. I had a heckler who had been talking, and it wasn't a heckler where they was making fun of me. They were one of those ones. They wanted attention. They came and sat right in mm. the front and they talked. Through mm -hmm. the through uh, Max Max uh, Imani, I think his name was, had gone up killed, mm -hmm. but he yep. had to deal with them talking. They would not stop. So when I got on stage, I tried to make them feel at home. I tried to do it jovially. I tried to forcefully. And then as I was doing my punchline, the man screamed out, and he farted. David A. Arnold, something snapped inside of me, and I lost it. 
I bent down on my knees. That man's head was right between my legs. And I bent down, looked him in his face, and I said, shut the fuck up. I cursed him out so bad. He will never heckle another black woman. I can't speak for nobody else, but black women, this black woman scared him so bad. He ended up kissing my hand, but it, I was so upset that I had to go there dealing with this heckler and get in his face like that. Have you ever had any, any stories? What do you do with hecklers? Um, the answer is first, let me acknowledge what you said. Good for you. You need to do that. We all need to do that. And if you do this long enough, everybody's going to have to do that. And it reminded me of times that I've had them. So let, let me, let me, let me tell you. Yes, I have had hecklers. Um, what do I do with hecklers? It depends on the kind of heckler they are. You have the heckler that thinks that they're helping by adding and commenting and co-signing on everything you say. Then you have the one who will really literally talk back and try to like, argue with me, especially when you have a point of view, when you're expressing yes. what you think about and they try to, you know, and, you know, and then you have the person who, you know, yeah, that, 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 that thinks they can challenge you. Yeah. Um, just that I have lit fire into people. I have been, there was, there was one time I was performing. Okay, I'll tell you a couple real quick, and they're gonna be. I'm a really when I say quick, they're gonna be quick. There was one time I was preparing for my very first stand-up special that I did in 2000, called "I've Never Heard No," called because I got to go to work in the morning, mm -hmm. and I was at the belly room in the comedy store performing, working on my material, and it might have been 30 people in there, and I was trying to do this joke about my stepfather, and it was just it was choppy. It wasn't there yet. And in the silence, you hear this guy out of the back go, ha that nigga's struggling. Oh, right? And it wasn't even like a heckle. It was like I was made fun of and the room laughed. And I was standing at a fork in the road and I was like, I can deal with this two ways. I can like attack this dude or I can acknowledge this dude in a different way. And I chose to acknowledge him in a different way and say, and what I said was, you know what? I am struggling because I have the discipline to work out material until I get it to where it's going to be. What you're watching is a comedian who has discipline to approach their craft. So I'm gonna continue to be here and you trying to make fun of what I'm doing is not gonna deter me. You know what I mean? The room gave me a huge round of applause and every joke after that murdered. Wow. That was one way where you, be, where you, you come above them. Then that was the night I was getting ready to do uh, I was getting ready to film something for Comedy Central in New York the next day. And I was at the Comedy Union performing. There had been girls, like a table of girls in the back. Obviously, they were there for some girls' night out, yada, yada, yada. They were talking the whole night. They mm -hmm. weren't heckling anybody. They were just disruptive amongst themselves. Yes. I watched them do this through two comics. I went on stage to do my act because I was going to film it in New York the next day. And if it went well, there were some other things coming for me from this taping. I go up to do my act. They're talking. I try to do what you do. Be nice. Hey, come on, y'all. Let me yada yada. And they kept going, kept talking. Kept... And I snapped. And I cussed these bitches out. Like, <laughs> I fucking, like, I lost it so bad. I cussed ends out. I cussed the security <laughs> out. 
Enns is the owner of the club. I cussed because I was like, I come in here to work. You've seen these bitches been fucking talking for the last hour. I said, I came in here to get something done. I want you to get them the fuck. I lost it. When I came to, the audience, yes, the audience was looking at me like this. Like I lost it. And then I had to find, a, and what I did is I explained to the audience what was going on, what I had at stake, and why I reacted that way. And then I slowly started doing material and turning it back into material and they didn't even know that I was doing that. And I ended up with a good set. So I've dealt with so many, I've dealt with so many hecklers. I've, you know, and now I have an energy on stage that is so aggressive that it yeah. does not really allow room for heckling. Like, I, I think now I come off as like, don't, please. Don't like now it. when people do that, don't, I'm like, come on, man. Don't, don't let this light skin and good curly hair fool you. I, please. <laughs> I got an anger problem deep down inside. I, I, I like, this say, don't unleash that person. Like, <laughs> you know, so you know, it, I've been through it. It's funny because see, I don't have that aggressive personality. I have such a nice calm personality yes. so when this man kept doing it and i kept trying to quiet him and his girlfriend down and when yes. i was you know and and, and maximani who's a big comic um he said yes. the audience wants material sherry because he had to do crowd work because this man messed him up so bad and so when i snapped i literally was pictured he was like a, jeffrey i ha i got in his face and i said do you understand me do you and i made him acknowledge and then i went back to my set and said anyway so i was reading the bible and right this guy laugh because right. i knew that the crowd it, they applauded me for going off on him but the uh, the i don't think they were prepared for the anger because you never see that from sherry so right. I had to, you do think in your head, how do I get this crowd back? Cause I don't want, cause they were looking at me like, oh my gosh, like, what is she going to do? So I'm glad to hear that you snapped on somebody. Cause I don't feel so bad that no, you got to, to because people don't get it. People don't get like, people don't get that what we're doing while it's fun and it's meant to be fun for you. You don't understand that we work on this constantly and sometimes there are, we have benchmarks that we need to hit. And sometimes you're in the way and it's like, shut up. It's, this is not a, a conversation. This is me explaining things to you and you get to laugh at what I think about these things. That's all this is drink and eat and shut up. Like that's really the answer. You know what I mean? And people don't get that. And you know, sometimes people got to be, cause I had a dude try to walk up on stage in Richmond, Virginia. He was drunk. Oh he tried to walk up on stage. Like he was going. And when I tell you, I, ka, I hit this motherfucker in the middle of his chest and sent him flying onto the table to the left. I had to buy all them people. They drinks. Cause he landed on the table, the food and everything went everywhere. And, and Sherry, I was so angry because I'm on stage working. He was drunk and he was fine, but then he did, he was walking back and he was one of them drunks that he just got the attention. He was sitting right in the front. And I looked at them, I was like, you, you all right? And people started laughing. Now they laughing at him. He don't like oh, it. Man. You know, he's standing up. I said, dude, come on, man, just relax. Just, it's going to be fine. He comes around and said, don't come up on this stage. 
and he took his first step on that stage and I popped him <laughs> clean in his sternum and sent his ass six feet back. And you know why? Because I'm angry that it's taken me this long to yes. even get people to know that I've been doing this stand-up and I'm better than most of the people you will flock to go see right now. That's mm -hmm. why I'm angry. And that's why if you keep tapping at this, you're going to get to that guy that feels like I shouldn't have had to go through all this because I've seen people go way further with less. Yes. That's this is something the, we that's talk about. It's yeah, funny with so. comics because we talk about this whole thing of, you know, and so many, uh, you know, people bring in video cameras, which I can't take. I don't know how you feel about video cameras. I was talking to B-flat the other day and she doesn't mind if you have a video camera because she's like, I'm- Wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, hold on, video camera? What, what, who, no, who, not who, a, who a video, the... I'm sorry, cell phone, cell phone. <laughs> oh, I was about to say- You know how old I am. You... <laughs> they got a boom and shit. They had, yeah, they had Jerry yeah. Show with yeah. a boom. Hold on. I just told my age cut, in that one word. She said that, video Chris? camera. Cell phones, yes. yes. Cell phone. And we, I had a discussion with B-flat because she did not mind cell phones. I don't like cell phones because I feel as a comic, sometimes jokes are in their incubation stage. They have got to, like you said, we're trying yep. to work it out. It may be choppy. What you see six months ago when I did that joke is going to look very different eight months later. And I don't yep. need you putting it out on a YouTube thing on this is what Sherry did. And so people yep. have different feelings about that. And um, we, we talk about that because I said, oh, God, if this dog on video gets out, I'm not apologizing because I came to the lab, the comedy club to work on material and to have to beg yes. somebody, let me just make you laugh. Just sit back yes. and enjoy. And um, I said, oh, Jesus, somebody has this on a camera phone. But how do you feel about people having cell phones and taping you on stage? I'm just getting to the point where I'm starting to think about it because of, because I have things going on. Like I'm getting ready to take my second Netflix special in January. And right now I did a, there is a, there's a video out right now on YouTube that was done at chocolate Sundays, which has like broached, I think close to 4 million views, which is one of my jokes about my deaf sister having sex, right? That and one it, is, oh my gosh. And it's killing, but that's going to probably be the closer of my Netflix special. But here's the thing. This is how I feel. Okay. It's a double-edged sword. I understand why you wouldn't. I remember feeling, I don't care if you record me, shit. The worst thing that can happen is it go viral and a couple of people know me. Now I want, now is the first time I'm starting to think, Oh, every time I see that video pop up because it's so, it's got such a massive viewing. When I'm out performing, I'm thinking in my mind, I wonder if they've already seen this because it's out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like that's, so I've never had that before. When I was at the comedy store two nights ago, I performed. And then when Dave Chappelle came up, they immediately said, don't, if anybody, you touch your phone. We, because this, when you get to a place that you're stand up, really starts to become worth money right. in another place, then you will become more covetant of people recording you. I'm at that place where those little thoughts are just starting to pop in my head. I'm still not full. I don't mind somebody. I don't, but like, if you go, you get in a set, 
then I'm going to say something. Like, if you get a snippet of me, I'm not tripping, but a set is like, dude, come on, let me, let me get the shit ready. You know what I mean? It's like pulling, like you said, it's like pulling a pie out of the oven and eating it before it's cooked all the way through. And then you go, this ain't that good. Well, bitch, it ain't finished. <laughs> That's why it ain't good. You know what I mean? So I, and, and like, you're right. The Laugh Factory, their website, they have a lot of material up there of me. And 90% of it are jokes. One that I don't do anymore, but all of them were in their infantile stages. So mm -hmm. it's like, wow, that joke ain't even, like they, I feel like they got that joke. That was the first day I did that joke. You know what I mean? But it's the thing that we, it's a thing that we deal with being comedians. But me personally, I'm just happy that people are now like, buying tick sherry people are buying tickets to come see me my shows in new york are almost sold out like oh all, like, wow you, i've never seen that before i've never like people i've been doing this for 23 years 20 yeah stand up 20 yeah 23 20 wait no 20 i don't know dang it i don't know i've it's been doing it a long, long time over yes and i've never been in that place where like my agents called me and were like Man, your tickets are moving like they're and we're six you know some of these shows are you know seven months out but it's such an amazing feeling because they're coming to see you so no matter this is what i tell kim all the time when she gets nervous when she goes to headline and she gets nervous and i go kim it doesn't matter who you could have dave chappelle feature for you yep. they're gonna love dave chappelle but they came to see you. So no matter what, they're going to be like, Dave Chappelle was amazing, but when is Kim coming up? Because they want to see your point of view once you hit hit that stage. And the fact that you are selling out, they're coming to see you. I can't believe it. They're not coming to see anybody. I can't, it, like? it, 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 it's, it's, it, I told my wife this. I remember when the executives and my agents called me to let me know that my Nickelodeon show that I created was going to series. It was official. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Right. Very excited. Good for the journey. My second thought was, damn, I got to write all these scripts. But then when my agents called to lay out my tour and gate and rattled off these 20 cities, like at once, do you go in here? This is what we got. I've never, the two feelings didn't even compare. And I was aware of the fact that they weren't even in the same stratosphere of satisfaction and happiness, which was a trip to me. Like it just a testimony to my roots of who I am. I'm a comedian, you know what I mean? I'm blessed and grateful that I can write and do this other stuff. But at the core of who I am, I'm a stand-up. No, and that's I'm incredible. blessed and so excited to go on tour. You absolutely are. I think I'm we sorry, lost. What happened? I think we lost Sherry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, you hear me fine. Yeah, Sherry. It looks like she was you. You were speaking so eloquently, and she just froze in this position. That's it looked like hilarious. she was just so intently listening to you. So we'll I get, know. We'll get her. No, that's great, man. For those shows, okay. that's incredible. Um, for St. Louis, I don't know if it's just St. Yeah. Louis or what, man. Our ticket sales, no matter if it's comedy or music or what, like people don't buy tickets until like the week of. It's so frustrating. Th but that's but that's another thing too, though. And that's another thing that's happening. Like 
we know that. So the fact that we, our sales are where they are now and I'm, you know, some five months away to be where they are it's now. Incredible. I know that my audience is a big walk up audience too. Black yeah. people don't be buying tickets five months in but advance. Trying to explain that to your people, which is where I'm so glad of people, you know, because I had a manager that I had to fire because I said, if you send me one more email telling me that I haven't sold tickets, they come up really that night to get the tickets. Yeah. So yeah. it is black people just, they're not going to buy them a, a month out. But the fact that they're yes. buying your tickets seven months out, be, you have created yes. an urgency. It's huge. That's what, when you right. create an urgency that people know I got to get this ticket now because I may not be able to right. get a ticket. Right. That is amazing. It's, it's, it, it's amazing. I like, I'm so, I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard me and I'll repeat it just in case you didn't. And I was saying that about my agents when they called to tell me that my Nickelodeon show was going to series. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. I'm excited. Thanks. You know, but when they called and told me that my dates and they rattled off my tour, the difference in the feeling of excitement, I immediately made note of, you know what I mean? Like one thing I'm going to make a, my TV show so much more money. Like it's yeah. not even, but the stand up brought me so, brought me 25 times the joy. Cause finally I get a chance to go out on the road. I don't need anybody to go with me to be a draw. I don't need uh, any gimmick. I don't need anything. I just, it just like people wanted to come. And I have not been out since my not my last Netflix special aired because we were all locked down. My Netflix special came out and everybody was at home for 16 months. It came out a week before the pandemic, which was a good and bad thing. Good because everybody was home and watched it, but a trip because now that I'm going out is the first time I'm starting to see people know who I am. And I'm like, why, why are they clapping so long when I come up here? And now right. like, that special is out and it's a little bit different. So it feel, I'm feeling something that I've never felt before, which is good to feel 25 years into doing something. I want to, it's two more things. I'm, I'm going to finish this one up. How does it, Kim fine, always says, and oh, okay. Cause I know you got Julie and the kids and I want to be conscious. You're, you're coming off a hot three hours with B flat. So people yeah, love No, I did three hours with B flat. I <laughs> love comedy. This is how much I love Ooh, comedy. And I love, that's great. I love and, 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 and Kim says this and I love her so much. Kim says, Sherry, I do stand up. Sherry's a comic. Like, can you explain to people? Because I always say to you, there was before the quarantine hit, literally I went out three or four times um, a week and I would hit four comedy clubs. And because I always yep. said I was better than you, which I'm going to take that, I'm yep. going to walk that back now. Because <laughs> you would get off stage and be like, I just, I'm going to the comedy store right now, Sherry. And I go, I didn't already hit two. I didn't did the comedy store and the improv. This is my third one and I'm going to be at the comedy union. I'll see you there. So I was doing 12 stages a week and then I do four in the weekend. Can you explain yeah. what it is, why we cannot stay off that stage, no matter what? That you get more joy knowing your tour has sold out, even though you're making a gazillion times more creating this show. Yes, it's, I, this is the thing. It's that you can't give it to somebody. You can't, 
want it for them, you either have it or you don't. It's like being an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Some two, you can have two kids. One can drink and be like, I don't like that. And one can drink and be like, I got to have it for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And drink it till it destroys them. I, you can't explain that gene that's in you. It all, it's just a comedian, a real comedian has a desire to be a comedian, to be on stage. And things that distract from that are in the way, no matter how much money they may bring doing a TV. Like this is one of the reasons why I love Jerry Seinfeld. He is a comedian. As much money as he could make doing other things, he loves the stand-up. I love the stand-up. If I could make, when I get to the place that I'm making, the same amount of money doing stand-up that I am producing TV, I will probably never produce another TV show. Because wow. I don't want your notes. I don't want your notes. I don't want your thoughts. I don't want your ideas because I think all of them are terrible. That's how I feel. But as a comedian, <laughs> I can, I don't have to pretend. I can be who I am. This is one of the things that I notice about Dave Chappelle on stage the other night, going into some of the darkest tunnels, going into some of the most rawest of places, some of the most in politically incorrect things. But you know what Dave has? He has a freedom that nobody else has as big as he is. He doesn't have, he's not a slave to a sponsor. He's not a slave to a network. And so this guy, you're looking at a guy who is completely untethered by all of the things that most celebrity superstars become tethered by, which is brands and sponsorships. And like Kevin, Kevin is my boy, loving her death. We do, but Kevin has so many things tethered to him. He can't go out there and do and say, but so much without it coming back to pop him. So for me, I just, lo I love stand-up so much because I love just sharing my point of view about things. I love telling my stories. I'm a storyteller. And I just love knowing that these things that float around inside my head all day are, I'm one, I'm not the only one who thinks that way and I'm not the only one who thinks it's funny. And I just gotta share, it's that audience connection that I gotta have. And I cannot explain, like when I see you and I said it to you when we were, we saw each other at a club. It wasn't even a club. It was like, it was like a real club, not a comedy club out there in the Inland Empire. And you and, and when you and Kim walked in, my heart was full because I knew that y'all came to see me and y'all comedians. And when they started the show, I saw Sherry standing there and I knew she wanted to go on. I knew you wanted to go on stage because I know what that feels like. And that's why I told her, boy, I was like, you need to put Sherry on that stage. You need to, because like, we had a, we, we, we ain't got nothing and else the, to do. And the microphone went out. I've never forget, me and Kim was standing on the stage together. Next yes. thing I know, she's sitting in the audience talking to people. The microphone went off. Kim just left. <laughs> and, and Sherry stayed right up there and did her thing. And that's what I respect about you. That's the kind of stuff I respect about like DL comedians. You can't give it to nobody. It's in you or it ain't. And when you fail, when you take it in the face, what you're going to do if you're the type of comedian that takes chances, that you're not staying in a safe zone. 
you got to be okay knowing that this probably ain't going to be good for none of us, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, and once you do that and you get used to being in that space, that don't bother you no more. But that feeling of not connecting, not killing, it doesn't make you not want to go up there again. It makes you want to go up again sooner. Yeah. That's the difference. Like, and a lot of people don't realize that. So like you either have it or you don't, man. I cannot tell you how I, my show wraps August 11th. My first show is in Boston, August 19th. And I go all the way through to January 29th till I film at the Hannah theater in Cleveland. And I cannot explain to you the level of excitement that I have about doing this. I'm excited too because uh, Fat Ballerina was so daggone good. And the fact that you're doing another special. Oh, thank you. This is, yes. now the second special is called what? It Ain't For The Week. It Ain't For The Week. And it's gonna be on Netflix, yeah. right? Congratulations yep. on all of that. It will be I'm, on Netflix. I'm, yeah, it's. No, keep going. It's it's uh, exactly. No, it's executive produced by Lena Waithe and Kevin Hart. Um, I have a, a, a dynamic black female director named Malachi who's directing it, which I, I'm not mistaken is the first black woman to direct a major net, a major network Netflix special. So mm. I'm very excited about that. Um, and I'm just, I'm, 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 if you guys want to know, you can go to my website, davidaarnold.com to get tickets. You can, my Instagram has been up here all night. You can go there and you can get all the information, but like, I'm so excited about coming out to these cities. I'm so excited about seeing everybody and prepared. So now I want to, I want to bring it back. I know people always complaining, Sherry, why you keep talking about men? Why you keep talking about men? But David, I talk to you about men all the time because I've been to therapy. I've been working on myself for the last three and a half years. I've been celibate for three and a half years. I, can I count the pandemic as part of my oh, celibacy? That was an unwilling I'm so celibacy. sick of this. If you don't come back in here and talk to me, <laughs> I ask you about advice all the time. And look here, what is going on? Somebody told me I was combative. And so I'm trying to tap <laughs> yeah, into my femininity. No, you can't see that because I'm not combative, David. I'm, I'm combative with you. But <laughs> oh, okay. Because I know you. I'm really trying. I'm, I'm tapping into my femininity here. I've been going out on multiple dates, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, the journey of dating different people and not being connected uh, you know, to one person. It's just been fun. Mm -hmm. But really, what do you think? What advice do you need to give me? What do I need to be doing? Stop looking for a husband. I'm not looking. You know I don't want to get married. I'm not looking for a husband. Then, then don't stop looking. Like, whatever you stop. I feel like, do you know what it's like? It's like the couple that's trying to get pregnant. And they got yeah. a schedule and a board and a chart and they, we got to do it right now. You hurry up and get home from lunch, from work. And the moment they stop, next thing you know, they got eight babies everywhere. They miserable and can't believe they asked for this shit. Like, I feel I... like you just gotta be happy. And I'm not saying that you're not happy, but you got to be cool or happy with whatever, wherever it is, what it's going to be. And maybe, maybe you not, maybe you, maybe this is what it's supposed to be. Maybe you don't, maybe you in a period where you're supposed to date 
and have fun and just live. You got a son right now. And maybe the guy that's coming is coming when your son leave. Cause God know you always talk about God. God know that he need all your attention and you need all his attention. And then when he leave, cause he already told you he going to New York. So he don't want to be nowhere near you. When he leave to go to New York, you're going to drop him off at the airport and you're going to be leaving the airport in tears. You're going to be leaving the airport in tears. There's going to be another nigga standing there waving in tears to his daughter by too. And y'all going to be like, oh, you just left your kid me too. And then y'all going to go down to the coffee company over there on Sepulveda and eat. And the next thing you know, y'all going to be together forever. That's how it's going to happen. Like literally, it always play out the way it's supposed to play out. And it's, I, I think, but Jerry, you're a strong woman. You like Kim. And this is another thing. It's, you got, you got a bunch of things. You, you successful, you got money and you not 22, which means you have an opinion, which means you have a way of doing things, which means you have proven to yourself that there's certain things you don't need from no man. So, and the kind of man that I feel like you would need, I say this to Kim too, now eventually would be the kind of man that you don't want that wouldn't keep your attention because men come with opinions they want to do shit the way they want me i want you to do this certain way this i'm like i am julie is like she is we work together if me and you was together i'm like we're not we're not doing none of that you know what i mean like that like like, you you just named it you when you started rattling off your team the hair and the this and that and all i saw was five bitches everywhere talking. I couldn't take that shit in my house. I was like, I'm mean, like, you, you, you gotta go do this shit somewhere else. I can't take this. Like, like I some like you don't know what kind of person it takes to have to deal with you. It takes a different kind of man to have to deal with a woman who really is got her own thing. And most men are not secure enough to be with a woman like that. So they try to validate themselves or she tries to validate him by going, oh, he my manager. Cause she trying to make that nigga feel better. That nigga ain't your manager. That nigga was a uh, draftsman at an engineering company when you met him. Why you got him talking to CBS? This just came to me and I want to tell y'all listeners that I asked David advice about men. So there was somebody that I had met, met and we had gone out on a couple oh. dates and I, I called David and I said, I met this guy and um, he was a, he was a manager of somebody very famous. And Dave was like, who is he? And I said the name, he didn't, David didn't know the name. And I said, but he's not, he's not managing a famous people anymore. He's a producer. He produces movies. And I'm just, I was like, you know, I think this could be it, David. And David was like, what movies does he produce? And I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask him all of that. And he's like, well, ask him. Okay, so I text the guy, he didn't text me back. So David goes, well, check his IMDb, because IMDb is the international movie database. And you can put in David Arnold's name and all of his credits will come up. You put in my name, all my credits come up. So he said, well, check IMDb. Now then I got scared, because I was like, I can't go back to David. I checked the IMDb and there was nothing there, not a thing. And then I was just like, 
Now what I'm gonna say to David, damn it. <laughs> when I didn't hear from you, I knew what his IMDB said. <laughs> Cause if his IMDB was legit, she'd have screenshot that shit and texted to me immediately. And when I didn't hear from you, I, I made note of that too. Two days later, I went, I ain't heard nothing from this thread. This whole text thread went south. <laughs> I did. I was like, I was like, my friend said uh, to ask you, uh, what movies have you produced? Are you just now into producing? And and he didn't text me back. And I was like, damn it, man, I gotta tuck my tail between my legs. That's what it is out here. Everybody, and you know what it is too. Everybody want to be someplace that they not. Yeah. Because you can want to produce. You can be like, hey, yeah, I've been managing so and so, but now I'm trying to do my own producing thing. I want to get into that. Which, to be honest with you, is not a huge jump when you've been next to somebody if you have that personality and that type of work ethic. But for the most part, I I think you just, Sherry, you, you're beautiful, you're successful. I think you just, I think the person that's coming for you is, and you know what, I think the person that's coming for you is they got their own journey. They gotta be like why I, you know why I like Julie because Julie was busy. When I asked her to go out and said when you want to hang out again, she said, "Oh, okay, let me see." And then she pitched two weeks from now. I went two weeks. What? Why you gotta? Who says two weeks? Like we had a good time. Like you expecting? Oh, tomorrow I could. She said two weeks because I didn't know that Julie was touring with the Radio City Rockets and Jimmy Buffett. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know what she did. So I didn't know she was, but I knew that she had something to do, which means that all of her happiness was not going to be dependent upon me, you know? And that's true. And so I feel like when you, the dude you find gonna be busy, then I need you to be busy. Because first of all, this pandemic should have taught us one thing. We ain't supposed to be up in here all day together. We supposed to be together six hours a day that's it no that's 12 it. and sleep eight of them so that's four <laughs> four awake hours eight sleep hours and that's it the rest we need to be out there in the world in society like we ain't supposed to be up in here like that so you need somebody I busy because if he's not he's gonna be sitting there all day looking at you what we about to do which, which, <laughs> what we going to breakfast where you want to go to breakfast what we going to yeah, I can't. I gotta study my lines. I gotta. I gotta go to a production meeting. Man, that's all you do. I mean, uh, nigga, that's what I do. <laughs> I do. Who's texting but us? I was. I want to <laughs> say my defense, us? David and Chris. I want to say my defense because here's the thing. Like when you said, every moment counts at a certain point. And I have, yeah. and it's not like I'm look looking, but it's like I'm just. Oh, I'm putting it out there so that people know because a lot of people feel like sometimes at this age people feel like oh they're content they want you know they want to be single they want so all i do is put it out there i don't bug yes. people i just go david i'm single i'm open if you know somebody that you knowing who i am and if you because you're yes. a showrunner now david you are a showrunner you meet other showrunners and sometimes yes. they're single and and now that you know, if you don't say it, people don't know. So it's not like I'm thirsty and trying. It's just like, I put it out there for you. You do with it what you want. So it's like enough people know. I'm not running after anybody. I'm just going, I'm I'm single and I'm open. 
and they're and like B flat. I told her in Marcus Vickers. Barack Obama is gonna be there, and for me, I'm like I always take risks. So Barack Obama is gonna be there. What the heck is wrong with me going up to Barack Obama? Going Barack, you know me, you know me, you and your wife knows me. If you know any world leaders, my personality that you think would fit with the Pakistani prime world minister. Look it up. Who else can say that? Now you tell me don't take advantage of that opportunity. And I know the listeners and everybody that got on me last week. What? I would talk to Michelle. Barack ain't gonna remember. I would tell Michelle. Barack ain't gonna remember nothing. Michelle Men don't remember. Exactly. We can't. But that's Michelle what I'm saying. Knows. Everybody was like, everybody was like, you too thirsty. Why don't go to Barack? No. Otherwise, Michelle, she she will hook it up. Cause when she's in another country with Prince Harry, or they, they might have a cousin. I could be the other black person of color over in the daggone right. castle. I will and say I when I saw that flyer pop up, I was like, they going to Martha. I don't know. I ain't on none of these shows. I'm like, that's the I'm stuff to be making you mad. Oh, they you're not going to me. perform? No, Kim is going. Kim is going to perform. Yeah, I, didn't I, get saw, I saw the picture on there. I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to work harder. <laughs> I want to go. This too many doggone. It's too many doggone uh, men of 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 a certain standard. That means that I need to be amongst, you know, because if you're not, look here, let me tell you something, David. If you just sitting here watching Netflix and Handmaid's Tale, you're not going to meet nobody. So if you're out there, nope. Martha's, okay. If you're at Martha's Vineyard and you're sick, you never know what will happen. So that's all I'm you're saying. Right. You, you got to take a chance. You got to take a chance. I agree. That's it. And I, and I try not to be combative. You make me combative. But normally I'm very vulnerable. I'm very nice. I'm very feminine. <laughs> don't, 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 don't blame it on me. Don't. Yes, I do blame it on you. And I blame it on Chris. Because Chris, my whole modem, everything is messed up. I'm on his Wi-Fi, keep freezing. And Chris going to say to me, he's like, do you want us to help you work it out? And what I wanted to say was, yeah, I want you to help me. What do you think I'm sitting here for? I'm freezing all over the place. I'm paying you. But you know what I said? I went, ha, 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 ha. Yes, I would like that, Chris. That's that's exactly how that went. It was very it was that's very exactly accurate. How that went. It was I very saw accurate. It. Yeah. So you and Chris, you bring out the combative side of me, and I'm really trying to stay in the feminine goddess energy. Hmm. But somehow with you, David, <laughs> See, but, I don't know. But the right dude is gonna be able to deal with all that combativeness because it's gonna come out. That's another thing. You ain't gonna you gonna slip back into this. Yeah. So see you yeah. see you gotta get the right guy. He need to see the combativeness because you can't sell <laughs> nobody on the sweet side because that's the bullshit. That ain't it. The combative Sherry is who coming. So I need you to see all sides of this mm -hmm. so you know what's coming. Now if you still want to be here after this combativeness come out, then we got a good shot. Why you sound like I'm a horror? Gotta show it to him. Oh, he's just saying that. You, you oh, it's a, coming out. Oh, it's you need a gardener with gloves that can handle the thorns from the rose. That's all he's saying. You know, somehow I'm gonna right. say thank you to That's that. Right. I'm gonna say thank you to that, but I don't like what you just said, Chris. But I said you're a rose. You. You're a beautiful rose. I heard thorns in there. Every That's what rose I did. Has like. a thorn. David Arnold, no. I just want to say to you. Now it's time to say goodbye. How long have we been talking, Chris? Uh, hour plus you're good you're pushing an hour i i want to say i love you so much i'm so proud of you you have really put in the work and you show people that when you work hard and you don't stop this is what happens there is success 
that happens. And I so appreciate you as a friend and a mentor and uh no, I can't say lover because that should have happened 25 years ago. So a friend. 25. And, a <laughs> and that's what I love about Julie, because she don't care when we talk like this. Julie Not at all. When I tell you she don't give a damn, she like. Before I go, I want to I want you to tell this last story because it's so heartwarming. And we talk about you all the time. Y'all celebrated your anniversary, which was 20, yeah. th 13 years, right? 18 years. 18 um, years. Five days And ago. David, David called all the women in his life. And he said, do, do you have a designer bag that you can give me? Why, David? Yes, I have designer bags. Okay, Julie <laughs> wants a Louis Vuitton bag. Do you have a Louis Vuitton bag you can give me so I can give to Julie? And I said, David, why would I give you a used Louis Vuitton bag for you to give your wife? Just go out and buy her one. Do you know how much they cost? I said, David, it's your anniversary. Yes, I. What do you? No, and it was, her, called it was her birthday. It was. It, it was, was her fiftieth birthday. birthday. And I called Kim and she said, yeah, David called me with that bullshit. <laughs> asked me if I had a designer bag. We talked about you so bad. And I said, "Did you? are you gonna give him a bag? She said, hell no, nah, I ain't gonna give him no bag. But can I tell you, what did you do for Julie's 50th birthday? <sighs> okay, once again, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is David A. Arnold, or you go on my Instagram, you can see it. I, what I did was I did, I, the really, first, let me just defend why I asked for the bag. Okay. <laughs> first of all, you and you and Kim was doing, I think threesomes with Tom Joyner and he brought $500 mm -hmm. million that's, worth of Louis Vuitton. That's because the story. The, yep. the, the, the amount of Louis Vuitton that Tom Joyner came out with for Sherry and Kim, I was like, there's no yeah. way sexual favors wasn't involved. In all of this. It's too much. Thank so you, I was David. like, they gotta have, they gotta have a bag or two laying on the ground. You can't use all this. That was the first reason I asked. The second reason I asked is because I had previously bought my wife three Louis Vuittons and she has returned all of them. Because she's like, we, I don't need this. We could put this money in the girl's car. Like my wife is very, Julie is not materialistic. Julie is very practical in her mind. So I didn't want to buy another one and return it again. So I'm like, if I'm going to get her some, I'm going to get one of these bags that I know Kim or uh, Sherry got laying in their closet on the floor in the box because they got 40 of them. So I, that was my thought. None of that worked out. So what I did was during COVID, it was in the middle, it was in November. It was Julia's 50th birthday. And I went and I rented a house in Malibu. I had two couples that we that live on the East Coast that we rarely see. Everybody was locked down, so we hadn't seen anybody. Had them flown out, tested, so we all could create this little bubble that we were all in in this house. And we celebrated. I got a I got a celebrity chef that Boris and Nicole Kojo told me about. Um, I bought her a few. Uh, designer bags i bought her uh a, a bra ring. i bought her a ring with her birthstone surrounded by a whole bunch of diamonds and i bought her a brand new closet of clothes like i had one bedroom that was just filled with clothes and shoes and mannequins with outfits on them and all. i just put all this together and she had no idea she thought we were going to dinner and so when she walked in this house and the friends she just lost it and it was a great time and i recorded i had my boy hashim bring a video camera and record all of it. And it was incredible. And yeah, it, 
it it was I will say it, it was good that y'all didn't let me that y'all pushed me out to you know to try because I did better and I came up with that idea and it was good and I think that bought me another two years so <laughs> no I think it bought me about another eighteen months I I think it bought you a lot <laughs> it's time to do something and- else I'm sure. This is why women love you because you're it, uh, underneath that aggressive, uh, you know, surly demeanor you have a lot is a man with the heart <laughs> of gold and is a man who loves hard. And that is why we love you, David Arnold. And I'm so excited and so glad that you came on. And hopefully when your show gets picked up, I can send my headshot and resume and there's a role on there <laughs> as Rihanna's grandmother. <laughs> I would I love like, it would who be was nothing that lady I would on, love uh, more Fred Sanford she always came in with you, you old fish eyed fool <laughs> Esther Esther <laughs> let me be that, that sister-in-law Esther. let me be that sister-in-law that you just don't like <laughs> I love it oh my well, gosh that would be so great just wishing you all the best, David, and thank you so much. And we're going to have, I-, I want you to mention it, even though we're going to have the Chiron up. How do people reach you on social media? Um, uh, you can get me on Instagram at the David A. Arnold, or you could just put in David A. Arnold and all things David A. Arnold will pop up. My website, my tour information, the stuff the that I'm doing, uh, it's all, all there. the nasty pictures. That yes. you ain't got no- <laughs> I know you got some. I know you got some shirtless somewhere. I'm, oh, they! Oh, why are you bullshitting? They coming. You can. You best believe they coming. One more David time, a. I'm gonna give it to him. One more time. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too, Sherry. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks for having me. And thank y'all, everybody. Y'all can go to buyjack.com slash two funny mamas if you want to order any of our merchandise. And we're going to see if we can get a caffeinated stroke t-shirt on mm. our website from David. We're going to give him some, give him part of the profits. We trying to connect with every comic. And uh, please tell your family and friends to subscribe to Two Funny Mamas on YouTube and all of your podcast platforms because we're trying to reach 100,000 subscribers. We got 47,000 subscribers. We're trying to reach 100 grand by the end of December. So please tell family and friends to subscribe. And we just say God bless y'all. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Real quick before we go, yeah. yesterday as we air on Thursday was July 21st, which is Kim's the year Tell everybody, go to Instagram, wish Kim a happy birthday. It's Kim's birthday. And what is Kim's cash app? Damn it. Hold on. Uh-uh. I'm not going to leave without y'all cash app and my girl. Stop it. Please don't even, don't even trip. We, if y'all want to, this is my girlfriend, David. Don't go nowhere. Hold on one second. Cause we got it. We I'm got glad it. I'm about to. I'm about we going to send uh... Kim Whitley a cash app. And I'm going to tell you what her name is on cash app. Uh, let me see if I send, put this amount in. <laughs> Damn it, I hope, okay. Damn. She got two of them, which is her. Her, it's Kim Whitley. Damn it, there's a ton of Kim Whitleys. We'll but it's the first up. one. It's, it's, uh, we'll put it up. We'll put her cash app up. But you can, you can cash app any birthday love that you wish to Kim. Okay, shit, $300 just went through. I, I was trying to do a test. And three hundred dollars just went through the. Kim he was Whitley. trying to send. He was trying to. Why would you do testing. a test with a number one? 
because I got these nails and it hit the zero. Oh. So I was like, oh, no, no, I'm just test it. Uh, they have forgiven me my money back. It ain't their birthday yet. I'll do it on their birthday. Just I was going to get her some candles. Gonna get her some candles, what I was gonna get her. So, anyway, we're gonna put her cash app up. It's gonna be Kim's birthday. So, don't forget to go to Instagram, wish our girl a happy birthday. And we love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Two funny mamas. Two funny mamas. Two funny mamas.